Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome everybody to The Outside Blitz, I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the uh, tenacious Tyler Dean. How are we doing today? We're doing well. It was um, fun, somewhat fun week in the NFL, I guess. And we're back on track, so we're going to start getting shows out. Hopefully you guys can start listening to these before the Sunday games. Right, exactly. We got we, we produced our last three this week, knocked them all out. We're back on track here. I told you I'd get them done. You, you told me I was full of crap. I got them done. Barely. I, hey, I got them done. I got them hey. done. As the weekend was going on, I got them done, and I, I, I rocked it. I'll give it to you. I rocked I'll give it. it to you. You can't. You can't deny me. I rocked it. Nope. Just like yeah. you can't deny me if the Texans make the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> they did get beat this week, though. They did. They that, did get that beat. That puts a big uh, wrench in what I was thinking. Yeah. So they, uh, they they did get beat by a very hot Colts team. I mean, we we got to remember that. I guess I don't get sued. You know, you don't get sued. No <laughs> soup. See, I'm I'm enjoying my soup, and I get I get chips with it. See, this is awesome. Mm. Oh, but this, this is kind of reminiscent back to when I was uh, munching on the microphone, just going. Yep, that's it. Tyler eating his burnt pizza. Awful. Oh God, it was like a hockey puck. Ugh. Oh God, Tyler. Anyway, um, so you know we we had some uh, a fun week in the NFL though. Um, uh, we got to see miracle plays. We got to see some of that crap going on. We got a couple of teams clinching. Which was very fun. Yeah, it's not fun when it's not you. Admit it. Nah, yeah, it's not. But you know, hey, whatever. We got to see um, the playoff race get a little interesting, a little weird. Got to see some teams that, that honestly, it looks like they're getting ready to backdoor their way in. Um, you know, it's a little tighter. It's it, a little tighter. It's crazy. You got and like in the AFC alone, you got four teams that are at the same record for for the sixth seed right now. Yeah. And, and, yeah, you, you got the teams uh, in the NFC. You got teams on the outside, um, and you got a team holding on. My boys holding on by a tie. Yeah, holding on by a tie right now. I and, and this whole time I was I was you know hooting and hollering about oh they tied with the Packers. This is BS. <laughs> and they're holding on by that one tie. So I mean I'm I guess. But I'm, if it was a win, you'd be a little bit better. If it was a win, I would have been thrilled. I mean, but but we're having ourselves a, a hard time just. Uh, Ugh. Just like if Cleveland was a win, they'd be looking at a game out from the playoffs right now. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns, um, they're starting to look more and more like a playoff team by, by the week. Now, um, I, I'm not going to hold myself to this, but uh, a little mild, bold prediction for when, when I predict our doing this time, next, not this time next year, but right before the season starts doing our season predictions. Mm-hmm. I am definitely going to have the Browns listed as going third in the division. I might even consider them going second in the division. I might even have, I mean, depending on, on their schedule, we might even be talking about the Cleveland Browns as a potential playoff team here. Oh, no, I think you're talking about a potential playoff team. Um, second. I think any team you're, you're, you're deeming second in the division is a potential playoff team. You're talking eight teams and six go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, and you, you could be looking at the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs for the first time in forever. Since 2006. Yeah. That's crazy. People forget that they go to the playoffs in 2006. Yeah, Derek Anderson. Yes, Derek Anderson was their QB. Who who would have thunk that? And that guy that guy went down the toilet after that. That was that was just before the 
It was just after the Big Ben era started, but he wasn't really hot yet. Yeah, I yeah. believe at the time the Ravens but, had Steve McNair. Yeah, but they did go ten and six. Yep, they went ten and six that year, and then the next year, actually, if if I'm not mistaken, the the Titans went and they they picked up uh, um, Vince Young in '07. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, interesting. Anyhow, um, Tyler, it's. Uh, about that time to get started here with our, our uh, week 14 results. Yeah, I can start. <laughs> you know, you, you've been putting it on me the last three, two weeks. Might as well make it three. Well, yeah. Well, here we go. Uh, week 14 in the NFL. Tyler, hit me. Jacksonville Jaguars, Tennessee Titans. The Tennessee Titans steamrolled Jaguars. 30-9. Tennessee moves to 7-6. Very much in the, in the playoff picture there in the AFC. And the Jaguars... Early Super Bowl playoff favorite falls to four and nine. Ouch! On the Jacksonville side, new, newly listed starter Cody Kessler goes twenty-five for forty-three, two hundred and forty yards and a touchdown. Leonard Fournette, fourteen carries, thirty-six yards. The run game also struggled there. Yeah, painful. And Kessler had five carries for seventeen yards himself through the ground. Through the air, D.D. Westbrook, seven receptions, eighty-eight yards and a touchdown. Great game there for Westbrook. Keenan Cole, or Keelan Cole, three receptions, 55 yards, and Dante Moncrief, five receptions, 47 yards. On the Titans' side, Marcus Mariota, 18 for 24, 162 yards, and an interception. So they, did, he, they did not get a touchdown through the air. But don't you worry. Oh, boy. Because on the rushing attack, Derrick Henry. Probably the biggest guy in the week here, the biggest game of the week. Yeah. It's close. Uh, it, um, 17 carries, 238 yards, and four touchdowns. Broke a Titans record. It's uh, Broke a Titans rushing record. I don't record. think any running back's ever done this in one week in, 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 in the NFL. The last time we saw a 200-yard running back out of the Tennessee Titans um, was what? Chris Johnson? Probably. Chris Johnson, he when he broke two, what, 201 yards or something like that? I mean, that's wild. That's just wild. Deion Lewis, 10 carries, 13 yards, and Marcus Mariota ran the ball four times with 13 yards. Through the air, Taiwan Taylor, six receptions, 59 yards. Deion Lewis, five receptions, 39 yards. Anthony Ferkser. Ferkser, that's a weird one. (laughs) Ferkser, Anthony Ferkser. Ferkser. Three receptions, 27 yards, and Corey Davis, two receptions on 21 yards. Got. And the uh, Cleveland Browns actually uh, beat the Carolina Panthers 26-20. Cam Newton, 26 for 42, 265 and an interception. Tyler Heineke did get in the game. Uh, one recept- or one pass, he completed it for 33 yards, so that was an interesting one. Christian McCaffrey had 16 carries for 63 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Newton ran five times for 23 yards as well. Receiving-wise, Curtis Samuel, four receptions for 80 yards. Ian Thomas had nine for 77. DJ Moore, five for 67. And McCaffrey had six for 38. And Jarius Wright, the former Viking, three receptions, 36 yards. With the Browns, Baker Mayfield went 18 for 22 for 238 and a touchdown. Pretty good average there. Nick Chubb. 13 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Jarvis Landry also had two carries for uh, 54 yards, and he had a touchdown on the day. Um, Receiving-wise, the former Raven, Rashad Perriman, comes to life. Uh, Two receptions for 81 yards. Jarvis Landry also had three receptions for 57 yards and a touchdown. David Njoku had three receptions for 35 yards. And Dontrell Hilliard, two receptions for 20 yards on the day as the Cleveland Browns... uh, 
put a damper on Carolina's uh, playoff hopes there moving forward. Tyler, hit me. Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs win in overtime, which shocked a lot of people as yep. they win 27-24 as, the, as they they'd scored the field goal and the, and the Ravens could not answer the field goal. Nope. The last two plays of the game, Lamar Jackson shockingly got hurt and, Lamar, and Robert Griffin III had to try to uh, get the job done and could not. Lamar Jackson goes 147 yards. For some reason, this is not showing the... Uh, Attempts and completions is that I've never seen that before. Maybe maybe it's because all that matters is he's running. Uh, probably because he went like one for fifty. Um, <laughs> um, two touchdowns through the air, no interceptions. So actually, to me, Lamar Jackson's best quarterback as a quarterback, best passing game. Yeah, his best outing so far. Yes, which <laughs> isn't saying much. Still south of one fifty. Abysmal. Um, through, on the ground, uh, Lamar Jackson had 13 carries and 71 yards. Good average there. G- Gus Edwards had himself a, a quiet game for what he's what he's done the first three weeks there. At 16 carries and 67 yards, still a good average. Kenneth Dixon got himself in the game on eight carries, 59 yards, and a touchdown. Great average. Um, on th- through the air, Willie Sneed, five receptions, 61 yards. Michael Crabtree, three receptions, 31 yards. John Brown, two receptions, 23 yards, and got in the end zone. But Max Williams, still trying to keep his uh, hope alive of being the tight end for the Ravens, had one reception, 10 yards, and a touchdown. I like Max Williams. He's a good, he's a good tight end. Yeah, but uh, you know he's got, he, he got scared when they drafted two tight ends mm-hmm. this year. Yeah, absolutely. Because Max Williams himself has been kind of a bust. Yeah, Max Williams is a good tight end. I like him a lot. Um, on the uh, Chiefs side, Patrick Mahomes, 35 for 53, 377 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. Spencer Ware um, trying to take the roll over after uh, our boy uh, Punch. Ouch. Ouch. Um, uh, 15 carries. Too soon? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> um, 15 carries, 75 yards for Spencer Ware. Damian Williams, uh, eight carries, 14 yards, and a touchdown. Through the air, Tyreek Hill, despite being hurt on and off the entire game, eight receptions, 139 yards. Travis Kelsey, seven receptions, 77 yards, and a touchdown. Spencer Ware, five carries, 54 yards. And then Marcus Robinson, five carries, 42 yards. Carries or receptions, my friend? Did I say carries? You said carries. Yeah, receptions. Receptions. Come on, get your life together. Um, <clears throat> your boys. The Houston Texans got beat by the Indianapolis Colts. Andrew Luck had himself a hell of a game. 27 for 41, 399 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Marlon Mack, 14 carries for just 33 yards, but he did have a touchdown on the day. T.Y. Hilton coming to life here. Nine receptions, 199 of the 399 yards. That's something. That's something special. Uh, Zach Paschal had five receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown, and the former Lion, Eric Ebron, four receptions for 65 yards and a touchdown, making those Lions fans eat those words. Chester Rogers also had five receptions for 36 yards. Over on the Texans side, Deshaun Watson, 27 for 20, uh, 38, 267 and a touchdown. Uh, Watson also ran for 35 yards on five carries. Lamar Miller, 14 carries for 33 yards and a touchdown. And Alfred Blue, six carries for 21 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Receiving-wise, Ryan Griffin led the team. Five receptions for 80 yards. Demarius Thomas got involved. Four for 48 yards. Jordan Akins, two receptions for 40 yards. DeAndre Hopkins had a pretty quiet game other than the touchdown. He had one touchdown on four receptions for 36 yards. And Jordan Thomas also got involved. Four receptions for 31 yards. 
as the Texans fall to the Colts and affect Tyler's uh, prediction of the Texans in the Super Bowl. Does it, though? Yes, it does. <laughs> it does and it doesn't cause for, for two reasons. Just because, uh, I mean, still uh, nine straight wins is still really impressive. It's impressive, but, but I, they're on not the same note, up. neither of us can, uh, can deny the fact, because we're both card-carrying members, that the and, Colts are on a tear. Yeah, the Colts are, are coming. Andrew Luck's ready. Andrew Luck is the real thing. Um, here we go. New England Patriots and the Miami Dolphins in what I thought was going to be a Patriots win with 15 seconds to go or 9 seconds or whatever it was. The Dolphins, with a miracle play. The moment of hilarity. Win this game 34-33. to 33. I, I don't know if I want to call it like a miracle play or if I want to call it Rob Gronkowski really being bad. <laughs> I think I think the Patriots now know don't put him on defense. He doesn't want to be there. No, no, not at all. <laughs> I wouldn't put him on defense. Tom Brady goes 27 for 43, 358 yards, three touchdowns. Sony Michael continuing his good season. Well, kind of. I mean, he didn't have a great average today, but he got the he got he got the ball 20 times on 57 yards. James White four carries, 13 yards through the air. Rob Gronkowski did lead the team though. Eight receptions, 107 yards, and a touchdown. Great game there. Josh Gordon, because the Cleveland Browns decided they didn't want to keep him for, for whatever unknown reason. Uh, who knows? Five receptions, 96 yards, and Julian Edelman, nine receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. Cordell Patterson had two receptions on 51 yards and a touchdown. On the Dolphins' side, Ryan Tannehill, 14 for 19, 265 yards, and three touchdowns. Frank Gore, 12 carries, 92 yards. Brandon Bolden. Two carries, sixty yards, and two touchdowns. He got two. He got the ball twice. Got the end yeah. zone twice. Brandon Bolden, the former Patriot. Yes, yeah, Brandon the Bolden, Patriot. the former Patriot. <laughs> and Ken- Kenyon Drake, um, who's seemingly fallen to the backup to Frank Gore at this point. Weird. Six carries, twenty-four yards. You can't beat a thirty-five-year-old running back. Something. Wrong. I, I, I don't know, Tyler. You you make Frank Gore out to be a god every. But week. look at that average. You make Frank Gore out to be a god every week. Look at that average. He, even though Frank Gore this year has been mediocre Top at best. Top all time. He's been mediocre this year at best. And, you know, I, I would hope he'd wind up top four all time. <laughs> the man's been around since the Ice Age. Has he not? He's been around a long time. He's been around forever. And, and you're going to be like, like, oh, yeah, Frank Gore. God, I hope he would. He's had, he's had a good season average. I hope he would be top four all time. <laughs> The man's been around for two decades. He's, oh, he's always he's always a good back. Get the man a walker. Through the air, Kenny still eight receptions, 135 yards, and a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, one reception, 55 yards, and a touchdown. Frank Gore, one reception, 24 yards. And Bryce Butler, one reception, 23 yards, and a touchdown. As the Dolphins, with their miracle play, beat the Patriots. Oh, boy. Um, so we got to see this week the New York football giants absolutely kick the snot out of the Washington Redskins 40 to 16. Eli Manning, uh, 14 for 22, 197, three touchdowns. Uh, Saquon Barkley, 14 carries for 170 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Wayne Gallman, 14 carries for 38 yards. And uh, Elijah Penny, not Rashad Penny. Uh, five carries for 21 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Evan Ingram, three receptions for 77 yards. Corey Coleman, Corey Coleman, two receptions for 43 yards. Maybe that's a spark they needed. 
Saquon Barkley also had four for 27 yards. And uh, Sterling Shepard had two for 17 yards and a touchdown. There were also touchdowns caught by Russell Shepard and Benny Fowler. Uh, the Giants reaching into their bag of tricks to pull out a big win against the Redskins. Over on the Redskins side, Josh Johnson uh, replaced Mark Sanchez. He goes 11 for 16 for 195, a touchdown and a pick. Sanchez was benched uh, He go after going 6 for 14 for 38 yards, two picks. Uh, just a rough outing for Mark Sanchez. Josh Johnson, seven carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Chris Thompson. Uh, three receptions for 23 yards, and Adrian Peterson had a 10 carries for a measly 16 yards, held a mighty fall. Um, Jamison Crowder, two receptions for 87 yards and a touchdown. Josh Doxson had four for 84 yards, and the often underutilized Vernon Davis, uh, four receptions for 31 yards. As the Redskins fall to 6-7, and seven, fall out of the playoff race, and the New York Giants move up. Uh, what is that, four out of the last five for the Giants? Something like that. Yeah, that's uh, that's wild. Um, if you would have told me that a couple weeks ago, I told you you're crazy. Next, I got the New Orleans Saints and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. After falling behind early in the game, the Saints rallied together and got the win. 28-14, they moved to 11-2, and and Tampa Bay drops to 5-8. and Drew Brees goes 24 for 31, 201 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Mark Ingram led the team on the ground, 13 carries, 52 yards, and a touchdown. Alvin Kamara, 12 carries, 51 yards. Zach Lyon had one carry for four yards. Through the air, Michael Thomas, 11 receptions, 98 yards. Alvin Kamara, five receptions, 36 yards. Benjamin Watson, three receptions, 24 yards. Keith Kirkwood. Two receptions, 21 yards, and Tommy Lee Lewis had one reception and 20 yards. you got to love that, that name there. Tommy Lee Lewis. Tommy Lee Lewis. Sounds like a movie star. On the Buccaneers' side, James Winston, who hasn't screwed up yet and gotten rebenched for the 8,000th time, he was 18 for 38, 213 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. James Winston also had five carries, 47 yards on the ground. Peyton Barber, 14 carries, 42 yards. And Jaquise Rogers. Still hanging around there. Four receptions and 16 yards. Jaquiz. Love that name. On receiving end, Mike Evans. Four receptions, 86 yards. Adam Humphreys. Four receptions, 42 yards. Jaquise Rogers. Four receptions, 38 yards. Chris Godwin. One reception, 13 yards. But Cameron Bray. Two receptions, 12 yards, and two touchdowns. I like Cameron Bray. I do, too. He's a good player. Um... This one was kind of entertaining. The Green Bay Packers, under their new head coach, uh, Josh Philbin. Josh Philbin? I think that's the guy. Uh, the Packers win 34-20 over the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan, 28-42, for 42, 262, three touchdowns and an interception. Ito Smith gets 11 carries for 60 yards. Tevin Coleman, 10 carries for 45 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Julio Jones led the team. Eight receptions for 106 yards, two touchdowns on the day. Mohamed Sanu, six receptions for 54 yards. Austin Hooper, four for 37. And Justin Hardy, three receptions for 30 yards and a touchdown. On the uh, Packers side here, Aaron Rodgers, 21 for 32, 196. Two touchdowns on the day. Aaron Jones, 17 carries for 78 yards and a touchdown. Rodgers also ran three times for 44 yards. And uh, Jamal Williams had four carries for 17 yards. Receiving-wise for the Pack, uh, Devontae Adams. Showing he's great. Uh, seven receptions, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Randall Cobb also had five for 43 and a touchdown. 
Uh, Aaron Jones did have three for 28. And uh, Marquez, Valde Marcus Marquez Valdez Scantling. There we go. Jeez, oh, Pete's two receptions for 19 yards. Jimmy Graham, very quiet in this game, two receptions for 13 yards. But the pack pulls one out of the hat there and uh, gets a win over the Falcons under their new coaching regime. Tyler, what you got? The answer you're looking for is Regis Philbin. Regis Philbin, yes. <laughs> That's the new head coach. Yes. He wants. He's looking for the world's greatest burger. Yes. <laughs> I got the New York Jets and the Buffalo Bills in what could have been a toilet bowl. It actually was a really, really entertaining game. Um, the Jets go up 27-23. Sam Darnold goes 60-24, 170 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, Elijah McGuire, 17 carries, 60 yards, and a touchdown on the ground. Sam Darnold ran the ball four times for 10 yards. Isaiah Crowell, two carries, five yards. And Trenton Can Cannon, five carries and three yards and a touchdown. There's a lot of teams handing it off to a lot of, like, committee running backs. Yes, there is. It's insane. Robbie Anderson led the team through the air, five, or four receptions, 76 yards and a touchdown. Elijah McGuire, three receptions, 23 yards. Quincy Anunua, three receptions, 22 yards. Christopher Hernan, the fourth, one reception, 14 yards. As and on the Bills side, Josh Allen, 18 36, 206 yards and two interceptions. What else is new? Nothing. <laughs> Josh Allen also on the ground, though. I'm going to give him some credit here. Nine carries, 101 yards, and a touchdown. He'll get hurt. Oh, probably. Like, uh, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, Chris Ivory, um, 12 carries, 42 yards. Isaiah McKenzie, four carries, 22 yards, and a touchdown. Through the air, Robert Foster, seven receptions, 104 yards. Isaiah McKenzie, his name again pops up as he had four receptions, 47 yards. Zay Jones, three receptions, 22 yards. And Dante Thompson, one reception on 14 yards as the Jets beat the Bills. Um, the L.A. Chargers, the L.A., San Diego, whatever Chargers, the, they go up on the Cincinnati Bengals 26-21. Uh, for the Bengals, Jeff Driscoll, 18 for 27, 170 yards and a touchdown. Joe Mixon uh, had 26 carries on the day for 111 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Tyler Boyd, three receptions, 52 yards. C.J. Uzoma, three receptions for 37 yards. Cody Core, three receptions for 30 yards. Joe Mixon had five for 27. Um, over on the Chargers side, Phillip Rivers, 19 for 29, 220 yards and a touchdown. Austin Eckler, 15 carries for 66 yards and a touchdown. Receiving-wise, Keenan Allen led the team, five receptions for 78 yards and a touchdown. Mike Williams, three for 45. Austin Eckler had two for 28. And Justin Jackson, two for 23. Um, and old man Antonio Gates got a little involved, two receptions for 19 yards. As the Chargers move to 10-3, and three, the Bengals fall to 5-8. and eight, And the Chargers uh, continue to make their way into the playoffs. They basically have the 60 to unlock. Yeah, this thing's locked down. Um, I, I I think that you're going to see the LA. They're Chargers. up three games with three to play. Yeah, they have to lose some weird tiebreaker. Who would, who would be? Wouldn't they be the fifth seed? Who would the, be the? Fifth the did seed? I say did I say fifth? You said fifth. Did, did I say sixth? I mean? Or you said sixth? Yeah, yeah they had the fifth seed locked up. Oh, okay. I should say they have a wild card spot locked up. Yeah, at this point, I I mean it, it's going to take a miracle to knock them out of that. Yeah, it would take a couple of those teams that are at seven six to all win out, and then some weird tiebreaker for oh yeah, the Chargers to fall out of it. Right, Philip Rivers have so they're gonna they're gonna clinch either this week or next week or probably pretty quick here, probably pretty soon. Um, Denver Broncos and 49ers. The Niners win this one, get their third win. Surprise, twenty to fourteen as the Broncos drop to six and seven. Their playoff hopes are certainly looking a little bleak. 
Mm-hmm. Case Keenum, your boy, 24 for 42, 186 yards and a touchdown. Is he wearing purple? No. Then he's not my boy no more. Uh-uh. <laughs> On the ground, Royce Freeman, 6 carries, 36 yards. Philip Lindsay, 14 carries, 30 yards and a touchdown. Very human game for Philip Lindsay. Yeah, so he's, he's been blowing it up all year. Mm-hmm. This is very different to see. A big surprise. Case Keenum, 4 carries, 24 yards. On, through the air, Tim Patrick, seven receptions, 85 yards. Deshaun Hamilton, seven receptions, 47 yards, and a touchdown. Philip Lindsay did have four receptions, 21 yards through the air. And Corbin Sutton, two receptions, 14 yards. On the Niners' side, Nick Mullins has himself a good game here. Uh, 20 for 33, 332 yards, two touchdowns, and interceptions. Look out, Jimmy G. Yup. Oh, boy. Uh, well, they're paying him way too much to bench him, but... Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson on the ground, 23 carries, 90 yards in Beretta's place being hurt. Yes. Um, Alfred Morris, 2 carries, 4 yards. You have a really hard time... I'm just going to pause you there. You have a really hard time saying certain names. Is it really... Breda. Is Breda really that hard to say? I like call him Beretta. You, you call him Beretta. Just be, I mean, like, what is it, a, a video game character? Mr. Beretta. Thinking Baraka from oh, Mortal Jesus Kombat. Christ. <laughs> the evil Beretta. Nick Mullins did run the ball five times for a backwards negative ten yards. Ouch. George Kittle. My boy! Seven receptions, 210 yards, and a touchdown. I love George Kittle. Big, big game there. He's arguably becoming one of the best tight ends in the league. Oh, yeah. That's scary. Dante Pettis, three receptions, 49 yards, and a touchdown. Kendrick Bourne, two receptions, 22 yards. Kyle Juszczyk, two. Jugsack. Juszczyk. <laughs> Sorry, Two folks. receptions, 21 yards, and Marquise Goodwin, two receptions, 20 yards. Go ahead. What? <laughs> uh, the Dallas Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles, keep my Minnesota Vikings well into the playoffs. Um... Carson Wentz, 22 for 32, 228 yards, three touchdowns on the day. Josh Adams had seven carries for 36 yards. Wendell Smallwood had a very uh, small uh, impact on this game. One carry for three yards. See what I did there? Um, Receiving-wise, Elshon Jeffrey, six receptions for 50 yards and a touchdown. Nelson Aguilar, two receptions for 49 yards. Dallas Godert. Goddard. It's really Goddard, but I like calling him Goddard, but it yeah, sounds so it's like, like me and Moretta, so you don't shut yeah, up. I like calling him Goddard. Oh, no, see, you you call him Beretta because you, you can't even pronounce You can't say Breda. Breda? I can't. Breda. You know, I can say Breda. I just been calling him Beretta. So sure, you know, sure you have. Uh, Dallas Goddard, uh, four receptions, 44 yards and a touchdown. Zach Ertz, five receptions for 38 yards. Darren Sproles had three receptions for 34 and a touchdown. Uh, with the Cowboys, Dak Prescott, big game, 42 uh, completions on 54 attempts, uh, 455 yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 28 carries for 113 yards. Receiving-wise, Amari uh, Cooper, 10 receptions, 217, three touchdowns on the day. Ezekiel Elliott, 12 receptions for uh, 79 yards. Blake Jarwin. Uh, seven receptions for 56 yards. Dalton Schultz, three receptions for 37. And Michael Gallup, four receptions for 24. And the now forgotten, basically, Cole Beasley, two receptions for 18 yards. As the Cowboys top the Philadelphia Eagles in overtime with a very fun catch from Amari Cooper. Yeah. Um, it was very, very fun. Deflected. He caught it. It was awesome. 20, 29 to 23 Cowboys. Cowboys go to 8 and 5. Eagles fall to 6 and 7. And Eagles still on the outside looking in at that playoff picture. 
Who's the Oh boy. Steelers and the, and the Raiders. The Raiders get their third win of the year against the division leading Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeehaw. 24 21. Steelers dropped to 7 5 and 1 and only have the division still by a half a game. So despite the loss to the Chiefs, the Ravens think they're going to be a game and a half out. Still only said you're happy because uh, everyone thought the Raiders were going to get steamrolled by the Steelers. Right. Big Ben, 25 for 29, 282 yards, two touchdowns. Josh Dobbs did come in for, for the third quarter as Ben left with a rib injury, went 4 for 9, 24 yards, and an interception. Jalen Samuels, 11 carries, 28 yards. Josh Dobbs ran the ball two times for 15 yards. Stephen Ridley, 5 carries, 4 yards, and a touchdown. Juju Smith-Schuster. Seven or eight receptions, 130 yards, and two touchdowns. Big game there by Drew. Monster game. Jalen Samuels, seven receptions, 64 yards. Vance McDonald, four receptions, set 37 yards. And uh, Antonio Brown, quiet game, five receptions, 35 yards. On the Raiders' side, we have Derek Carr goes 25 for 34, 322 yards, and two touchdowns. Doug Martin had 16 carries, 32 yards, and a touchdown. And Jalen Richard, the fullback, had 8 carries, 24 yards. Through the air, Jared Cook, 7 receptions, 116 yards. Great game there. Seth Roberts, 5 receptions, 76 yards. Jordy Nelson, kind of coming back here. 6 carries. No, not carries. Receptions. Receptions. 6 receptions, 48 yards. Marcel um, Aitman, 3 receptions, 45 yards. And Derek Carrier. There you go. Derek Carrier, two receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. Lee Smith also had a touchdown as well. Woo! This one was a snooze fest. Um, the Detroit Lions beat the Arizona Cardinals 17-3. Uh, Matt Stafford, an abysmal 15 for 23, 101 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Um, just boring. Uh, Zach Zenner comes in, 12 carries for 54 yards and a touchdown. LeGarrette Blunt, 12 carries for 33 yards on the day. Uh, Theo Riddick also had six carries for uh, 28 yards. And the Lions go with that committee approach without on Johnson hanging around. Receiving-wise, Theo Riddick, four receptions for 30 yards. Uh, Levi- Levine Toilolo, two receptions for 26 yards. LeGarrette Blunt, two receptions for 18 yards. Bruce Ellington, four receptions for 17 yards. Just nothing going on there. On the other side, Josh Rosen, 26 for 41, 240 yards and an interception. David Johnson... 15 carries for 49 yards. Chase Edmonds also had three for 14. Receiving-wise, Trent Sherfield, five receptions for 77 yards. Larry Fitzgerald, five for 55. Uh, J.J. Nelson had three for 43. Ricky Seals-Jones, the hell of a tight end, he had three receptions for 31 yards. And Jalen Tolliver had two receptions for 22 yards. As the Cardinals um, continue their horrible season, and the uh, Lions, weirdly enough, Keep themselves in the playoff race. Technically. Technically. Sunday night football, the Rams and the Bears. Both offenses could not get anything going. Um, this was a very quiet game. The defenses really took over this game. Weirdly quiet. I know. The Bears win this one 15-6. Both quarterbacks put up a combined seven interceptions. Yuck. On the Rams side, Jared Goff goes 20 for 44, 180 yards. Zero touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, on the ground, Todd Gurley, 11 carries, 28 yards. And through the air, Robert Woods then led the team there, seven receptions, 61 yards. Josh Reynolds, three receptions, 36 yards. Todd Gurley, three receptions, 30 yards. Uh, 
Gerald Everett, four receptions, 29 yards. And Brandon Cooks, three receptions, 22 yards. There's nothing going there. On the Bears side, Mitch Trubisky, 16 for 30, just barely crosses uh, 50% in, in the completion rate there. 110 yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. The only shining light of this whole game was Jordan Howard. 19 carries on 101 yards. Tarek Cohen, 9 carries, 69 yards. And Mitch Trubisky ran the ball six times for 23 yards. Through the air, Allen Robinson, 5 receptions, 42 yards. Tyler Gabriel, 3 receptions, 22 yards. Trey Burton, 2 receptions, 22 yards. And Tarek Cohen, 4 receptions on 20 yards. As the Bears win this one. And yeah, it was, a, it was a snoozer. I, I was like, what is going on? Um, the other snoozer was on Monday Night Football. Um, we got three quarters, three points through three quarters, and then you got, you know, 18 points scored in the fourth quarter, basically in what would best basically be called garbage time, and then another seven for Minnesota. Uh, Kirk Cousins, 20 for 33, 208 yards and a touchdown. Delvin Cook, 13 carries for 55 yards. Uh, Receiving-wise, Stephon Diggs had four receptions for 76 yards. Adam Thielen, five receptions for 70 yards. Delvin Cook had five receptions for 28 yards and a touchdown. Laquan Treadwell had three receptions for 16 yards. On the Seahawks side, Russell Wilson, 10 for 20 for 72 yards and a pick. What? Um, Rushing-wise, Chris Carson, 22 carries for 90 yards and a touchdown. Russell Wilson, seven carries for 61 yards, including a 38-yard scamper in the fourth quarter. Um, Rashad Penny, eight carries for 44 yards. Receiving-wise, you got Tyler Lockett, five receptions for for 42 yards. Nick Vanette, one reception for 12 yards. Just a boring game. Really, bro? He's eating all my chips, and he's munching in the microphone the whole time he does. Do you know how irritating that is? My God. This guy, man, like, like he, he starts getting a little drink in him, and he just starts... <laughs> it's like marbles in a blender. Not quite. It, it, oh, okay. It sounds like, like stuff being thrown in a wood chip. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Anyway, as the Seahawks um, beat the Vikings 21 to seven, um, and and that is it for our scores here. Now, Tyler, the Vikings after that game made a move. Um, they went and fired John DeFilippo. I agree with this. I, I agree with this move. I, I'm th- I, I'm actually I and I don't like to see anybody lose their job. I, nobody nobody likes that. Same time, John DeFilippo. Um, and, and Kyle Rudolph, I think, put it best. He said, the Vikings didn't have an identity on offense. And I think that was a really good way of putting it. Um, so the Vikings have have been miserable on offense. You've got, uh, um, I mean, it's $28 million quarterback. And Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. I yes, mean, let, let's face absolutely. that fact. John, Kirk Cousins is a good quarterback. And I, I want to I talk a little bit about Kirk Cousins' struggles. And I want to talk a little bit about... about um, this offense and the way they've struggled this year in a way that really nobody thought they would. Um, you can you can look at that last game. Uh, the Vikings, the third down offense, they couldn't convert third downs. They couldn't convert fourth downs. This isn't the first time we saw this this year. Right. You, you know, we saw it in the game against Buffalo, which was horrible. We saw it in the game against the Saints. We, we, we've seen this on, on um, really several occasions. Um... I, I did. Did you expect Kirk Cousins to struggle the way he has this year? We'll start there. Uh, no, I did not because I, I I predicted him to be a, a Super Bowl favorite this season. Yeah, but I'm I'm going to go against you on, on this a little bit. 
and I, I, I kind of know where you're going with this. Um, I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna put all the uh, blame on the O coordinator. The O coordinator had to go. It was awful. The offense yeah. was terrible. But at the same time, the Vikings are the one. Or the uh, offense, is the ones actually making the plays. And um, Cousins had has made some questionable decisions watching his games. Yeah. So I'm not gonna give him a free pass. No, I, I but uh, he 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 needs to be playing better for 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 what for what he's supposed to be to this team. Now, now the Vikings last year had a, a uh, an offense that flirted in and out of the top ten. Um, they were they ranged anywhere from seven to eleven last year. This year, right now, the Vikings have the seventeenth ranked offense in the NFL right now. Um, and rushing wise, uh, they're near the bottom of the league. Uh, last year, they had even in spite of not having Delvin Cook on the field. And that's here's here's my problem with, with the offensive situation. And and I, I know you're gonna you're gonna disagree with me on this, but here's my problem with the offensive situation. The Vikings right now rank 30th in the league as far as rushing goes. Last year they were great. Last year they were on fire. Um you've got the Vikings um as far as rushing goes so I, I saw a play, and it bothered me. It was a, a fourth and one. You got a fourth and one. You're going to go for it on a fourth and run deep in opponent's territory. You're, you're at their 30. Okay? You're going to go for it, right? Yep. Who, if you have the choice, if you have the choice, and, and I, I'm hoping you're going to agree with me here, if you have the choice, you got Dalvin Cook in your backfield who's been torching it all game long, and then you got Latavius Murray on fourth and one. Are you who are you giving the ball to? The fact that Dalvin Cook's been torching it, you put Dalvin Cook in. Bingo. And Dalvin Cook, he was coming out, he was hitting him on the edges, he was he was picking up yardage on every run. He didn't get tackled for a loss once in that game. And and Latavius Murray comes in and boom, done. You you brought Latavius Murray off the bench, cold, stuck him in the game, and said, Hey, oh yeah, I'm gonna run him. This is John DeFilippo's fault. And his cousins made some some questionable decisions for sure. But when your offense is so one dimensional, really, think about what what Pat Shermer did last year, as opposed to what John D. Filippo is doing now. Pat Shermer last year made his entire offense hum with Case Keenum. Really. No, you're right. And Case Keenum was ranked one of the highest-ranked quarterbacks in the league last year because they had a running game. John Filippo has been throwing the ball every op- uh, it was almost every game. And you wonder why this offense is so one-dimensional. The Vikings are sitting here number 30 in the, in the league in the rushing attack. And, and passing-wise, they were near the top of the league. They still kind of are. They're at number 8. But, but passing-wise... You would expect the Vikings to, to you know, as much as they throw the football, to be higher, wouldn't you? No, ab- ab- absolutely. I- I'm just saying. I feel like uh, Cousins could could have made more of some bet some some decisions. And we've seen some decisions where Cousins is thrown into double coverage. I mean, we saw during this past game he missed. He straight up missed Kyle Rudolph walking around in the end zone. I mean, we did get to see that he missed. Or I'm sorry, he he missed Adam Thielen rather walking around the end zone. He he glared down. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, but uh, you know this this defense. This is a top five defense right now, and they're they're playing good ball. I mean, and if you would have told me that at the beginning of the season, I would have told you you were high. But the Vikings right now are a top five defense. They're ranked number five in the league, and and but the defense can't do it all. They can't, and you can't expect them to. Um, 
and against the rush, they're they're thirteenth against the rush. They're fifth against the pass. They're they're playing good ball, and they've been taking on some very heavy rushing teams, some very good rushing teams, good teams that have great running backs and they have great offensive schemes, and they're still managing to get the job done. But the defense can't do everything, and that's the problem. Um, and and to me, I I think that that De Filippo was the biggest problem. I think uh, Kyle Rudolph is absolutely right. Um, you know, they, they didn't have, uh, an identity. They didn't have it. And now you got Kevin Stefanski getting ready to take over as the offensive coordinator. He's been around since I believe it was 2004. Uh, he's been around this team for a long, long time. I I think Kevin Stefanski is going to wind up turning this team around and giving them a little bit of an oomph. Um, as it stands right now, the Vikings are in the playoff picture. They're still at that number six seed. That one tie is keeping them involved. So that's a good thing. Um, and, and they kind of lucked out this week. I, I thought for sure that they were going to get ousted um, from the, the number six seed. As it turns out, um, Philadelphia loses, Washington loses, Carolina loses, and keeps the Vikings in that number six spot. Weirdly enough, and, and I know you're saying, well, technically, well, the Lions are sitting at five and eight, as are the Packers sitting at five, seven, and one. The, the Packers and the Lions could still make the playoffs. All they got to do is basically win out. They could. Which is still a far cry because neither team's playing great. And well, here's the thing. I don't know that it's a far cry. I don't know. Lions couldn't put 20 points on Arizona Cardinals. Uh, well, and then that's the thing. I, I'm over here going, okay, looking at the Lions schedule, they've got the Bills. They've got an ailing Vikings team. And then they've got an ailing Packers team. I don't know that the Detroit Lions can will miss the playoffs. I don't know. And, and the Vikings right now are, I, I can't trust them going into Detroit. I'm going to that game, and I can't trust them going to Detroit right now on the 23rd. I can't. This upcoming week, they've got a, a Bills team that is just bleh. I, I, have, I have questions about whether or not the Detroit Lions will, not make, miss, the, will, will miss the playoffs. I, I don't even know that the Packers will miss the playoffs. The Packers right now... They came out and they and I understand Atlanta hasn't been playing good ball, but they just went out and spanked the Falcons this past week. But the Falcons defense is terrible. They I understand that, but I mean the Green Bay Packers, if you look at their schedule, it's not anything super difficult either. I mean, they do have the Bears, but they beat the Bears already this year. Uh they have the Jets, which is nothing. One of these teams could make the playoffs depending on what goes on in week seventeen. They're gonna lose this week and they're gonna be done. And, and it really depends. It depends on, on what Bears team shows up against the Packers because, like I said, we got to see Aaron Rodgers pick them apart in week one. Did we not? That was before the Bears got hot, though. I don't know. The Bears were, were hot coming in. I think Khalil Mack looked really good in week one. I mean, did they not? They, I thought they looked really good. Yeah, I'm, I'm questioning whether or not the Packers or the Lions could make the playoffs. And the Vikings, on the other hand, if you look at the Vikings schedule over the next stretch, um, they've got Miami coming up here, and then they've got the Lions, and then they've got the Bears. Tell me that if the Detroit Lions win next week and if they win against the Vikings on the 23rd, if the Detroit football Lions do it, tell me they're not going to make the playoffs. No, if those two things happen, it's definitely possible. This is, this could be a thing. And I'm I'm crapping my pants. As a Vikings fan, I'm going, oh, no. Kevin Stefanski better have something up his sleeve 
to make sure that this team does not miss the playoffs in these next three games. Could you imagine, though, two teams from the North end up going to the playoffs and the Vikings aren't one of them? Uh, you know what? And it wouldn't at this juncture, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, based on where you were at the beginning of the season, though, you'd be walking away with your tail between your legs. I, I wouldn't even be walking away with my tail between my legs because I think everybody thought that the Vikings were a playoff team. And I think everybody thought that, that the Vikings were the real deal. And, and we got to see that the Vikings, I, do I think they could be the real deal? Yeah, they could be the real deal. But it, a lot of it, a lot of this, and, and I know you're kind of like, you know, pushing it away here, but but I'm over here going, wait a minute, this falls on John Filippo and this falls on his offensive scheme. Now we're 13 weeks in the season, you're completely changing your offense, and we got to hope that this guy can come out and turn this into a, a keep these guys in the playoffs. <coughs> this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be, a, on both sides, this is going to be a crazy finish. It is. I mean, it really, right now, you have, what, six teams right now that could be looking at the number six spot. Six teams. Yeah. You got Vikings. You got Eagles. You got Panthers. You got, technically, the Redskins. Mm. I, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned about the Redskins, but you got, technically, the Redskins. You got the Lions, and you got the Bears. Lions have an easy, or I'm sorry, the Packers. Packers. The Lions have an easy schedule. The Packers have an easy schedule. Either the Lions or the Packers could make the playoffs. And and I think the one thing that really works in our favor is the fact that the two of them play each other in the coming weeks. This will knock each other, knock one of each other out. One one will knock the other out. But but if the Packers come out hot, this could get ugly. If the Packers lose to Chicago this week, I think you can rule the pack out. If the Packers beat the Lions the next week. I think you can, or in week 17, rather, I think you can rule the Lions out. But the Vikings have to come in. Uh, really, the Vikings have, have got to come. Either They have to win two of the next three in order to keep this thing intact, in, in which is scary because Miami's hot. Detroit, even though they're not hot right now, the, the Lions' defense is playing good football, and the Vikings' offense is garbage. And, and then you have the, uh, uh, the Bears. Who are just going to have their way with the Vikings unless they figure something out on offense? This is becoming a mess. This could be very well a nasty mess, and the Vikings have no offensive line. That's another issue, and and that's another reason why why that if there's any reason to not blame John D. Filippo for for this whole mess. It's the fact that there is literally no offensive line personnel other than Pat Elfline that the Vikings can rely on. This the, the end of the season is going to be a shit show. Oh, it is. It's going to be a mess. I, I don't think. Here's the thing. I don't think it's going to be a shit show. I just think you're going to see you know the real teams show up, and and right now the real teams being like the Saints and being the Bears. And the real teams being uh, possibly, and and really, I think right now it's going down the drain for you. Possibly the Rams. I'm not going to hold one game against them. Uh, I'm holding two the, against because the Bears look just as bad as the Rams. I'm look. I'm holding two against them because they lost to the two teams that are in the playoffs, the Saints and the Bears, that are going to win their divisions. Then, so you're, so you're going to rule the Chiefs, Chiefs out too because they lost to the Patriots. I'm not ruling them out because they lost to the Patriots because they've beaten everybody else. And so are the Rams. The Rams haven't beaten everybody else. The Rams lost two games to the two teams that they're going to run into in the NFC so, Championship So what if, what if the Chiefs lose to the Chargers this week? 
If the then then I'm questioning the Chiefs. And the Chiefs damn near lost the Ravens this week. I mean, you're talking about. Well, I don't know. See, here's the thing about about the Ravens, and and this is. And where, I'm not using as a Ravens positive. I'm just saying in general, using your logic. Here's the problem I have with the Ravens situation. The Ravens situation is is different because the Ravens have a defense. They have a defense. So you, the Bears or the Rams. They have a defense, and the Ravens actually the Ravens actually have a, a and, and believe it or not, and I look, I don't believe in Lamar Jackson as much as the next guy, but the Ravens have a roundabout team. They actually have a rounded out team. And and that and while we're on this topic, let, let's cover it. Rams, I don't think they're a Super Bowl team anymore. I think they're still just as good as, as any team in the NFL. I don't think they're they a had, Super they Bowl had team. A one, they had one bad game. It was one. it wasn't one. They they got their their Asses handed to them by by the Saints. They got their asses handed to them by by and and they're, they're, I'll take I'll take that back. Their offense got their asses handed to them by the Bears defense, and and, and vice versa. The Bears <sighs> offense got their ass handed to the to the Rams defense. I don't even know that I can call it three interceptions. Versa. Three interceptions, but then you still had the one running back getting a hundred and some odd yards against this was supposedly this amazing defensive and, line. And, and that's the one. That's the one shining light. Um, but really, it was a defensive game. Both offenses were terrible. If both those teams play the same way in the playoffs, they're both out. I don't think. I look. I don't think it's going to be that way in the playoffs. I think that the Chicago Bears. I think they can beat the Rams, and I think they're they're going to do that if they run into them. And the Saints, I don't think anybody right now can top the Saints. And, and that's what I mean. And the Saints aren't having these bad games. If the Bears or the Rams have the same performance they they had this week, the Saints will steamroll either of them. I think your your prediction, and I'm just saying, your prediction of the Rams being a definitive Super Bowl look. It's not. No, it's not definitive. It's not definitive. That's for sure. But I'm not going to hold one game against them. I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm holding two games against them. I'm holding the Saints game, and I'm holding the, the Bears game. Both of them. Well, we're going to the Saints, and how about the Tampa Bay game in the first game of the season? I mean, the Saints, Saints didn't Saints look good. The, bad, the Saints were losing to bad teams. The Saints didn't look good at the beginning of the season, but how often have we seen this out of the New Orleans Saints? They come into the season, they crap the bed in the first two or the first game or whatever the case may be, and how many times have we seen the New Orleans Saints get their ass whooped by a by a divisional team, but then come out and go fourteen and two, thirteen and three, and be this unstoppable force no, no, like the I'm, Death Star? I'm, I'm with you. Time. I'm just not going to hold one game where both teams look bad against them. I'm I'm going to hold that. Not only am I going to hold this game against them, I'm going to flat out say the LA Rams are not a Super Bowl team right now. I think they need more defensive help. I I'm. A firm believer in in the same thing with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs right now are looking like much of a Super Bowl team. I can't. Will they make the Super Bowl? It's quite possible. But the Chiefs, same thing as the Rams. No defense. They have no defense. Well, it's very different. The Rams at least have a decent defense. The Chiefs have a, a, one of the worst defenses in the league. I, I'm not even. I'm not even going to say that the Rams have a good have a good defense right now. I mean, the Rams got what 51 put on them one week. Against one of the hottest offenses in the league, yeah. though it's a little bit different. I, I, I just I don't, um, I don't believe in it. I, I don't I don't believe in this this situation here where where we're talking about the Rams as a, a Super Bowl caliber team uh, defensively. L.A. Rams, the Kansas City Chiefs are ranked thirty in the league defensively. Uh, the L.A. Rams are ranked number nineteen. That's a big difference. It is, and it's talking decent versus horrid. Uh, yeah, I, I no, I, I don't think we're we're talking decent. We're talking, we're still talking bottom half. 
We're still talking bottom half of the league. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to sit there and say that the um, defense is good. 15 to 20 is decent. Uh, no, um, no, I'm not going to okay. call that decent. 15 to 20, 24 is decent. Um, 25 on's horrid. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I'm going to say you get 1 through 15. 1 through 10, you're talking top 10 grade good defenses. 10 through 15, okay, you're serviceable. You're, you're talking about 15 to 20 here. You're talking it's a bad defense, and then you get lower than 20, and, and you're in the cellar. But I mean, the difference between those two defenses is still very huge. It, it's a big difference, but I still don't Just think... look at the company that Chiefs have next to them in terms of ranking. Like you're talking bottom barrel. But also look at the teams that these guys are, are taking on, the L.A. Rams. There's a lot of teams without offenses either with the L.A. Rams. Arizona. Who they, who they steamrolled. Yeah. No, no, no offense on that team. I mean, Chiefs Arizona. too. Well, I mean, the Chiefs, they, they took on who? They took on the L.A. Chargers. Once. Right? They they took on the the high powered Rams offense, did they not? Yeah, I mean, really, they 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 got they they taken on some teams. I, I I'm those not going to say those are the only ones. I don't think that was the only ones. I'd have to take a look at the Chiefs' schedule. They here. played the not so great New England Patriots defense. I mean, well, the Chiefs the Chiefs took on a very hot New England Patriots offense, though. But defensively, the Chiefs made their way to them because the because the Patriots defense sucks. But still, the the Chiefs. We took on the Patriots, and the Patriots put up a 43 spot on them. Because the Chiefs' defense is terrible. Yeah. yeah that, that's what the problem. That's what I'm saying the problem is with the Chiefs. They've taken on some good teams, uh, but, but they, you know, as compared to the L.A. Rams, the L.A. Rams have taken on some good teams. I'm not going to say they're good. I can't say they're good. You, you look at the NFC West and tell me that those teams are good. Seattle? Better than Vikings. I can't sit there and call the Seattle Seahawks a good Seattle's team. Is, is just, Seattle right now would beat the Patriots. Patriots I, I don't know Patriots about that. Patriots are shaky. Patriots are shaky. I, don't, I think the Seahawks are shaky. The Seahawks put up 21 points. They put up three points in three quarters. They put up, what, what 17 garbage time points, 18 garbage time points this past week against the Vikings. Who still have a good defense? I, I mean, still, I, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying that the the Seattle Seahawks could beat the Patriots. I don't think so. But look at look at the 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 teams that the the Chiefs have taken on here. You got the Chargers, good. Steelers, good. Bad defense. Steelers have a good defense right now. Mm. Um, Niners are bad. They took on the Broncos, good defense. The the Jags, technically, really, the Jags still right now have a good defense. The Steelers are probably under Rams in defense right now. And they, they took on the, the Patriots. You know, like, I mean, the, the Jags have a good defense. But the, the, the Chiefs are taking on teams that are actually pretty darn good as far as their defense goes and lighten them up. The Chiefs just have no off, or I'm sorry, the Chiefs have no defense. Their offense is solid. I, I, I look at the Rams, on the other hand, look at, look at six of their games. Six of their games out of their year. Seattle, on. good defense. I can't call Seattle. Are they, are they top ten right now? I don't think they are. I'd have to look. I think you you need to hold up still. Yeah, I'll have to look that. Let me see here. I mean the the I don't I don't know that I buy the Seahawks. I don't know that I do. No, they're not. Seahawks they're are not. They're eighteen. They're eighteen. But the Rams put up 30-some points against that, so you'd expect it. So the Rams were still lighting up bad defenses. The, the, Ra- the Rams have been taking on bad teams. They, they took on the, then the good teams that they have taken on, they've lost. Are they a Super Bowl team? 
I don't the, know. The good teams that the, that the, that the Chiefs have faced that they've lost. Like who? The Rams, for example. 54 to 51. The Patriots. <laughs> the, the, it's the Patriots, and, and I think it shows that the Kansas City, but the Chiefs have also beaten who? The Chargers. Early I mean, in the season. First game of the season, was it? I mean, I mean look at look at who the Rams have, have taken on comparatively here. Chargers. They, they, they did take on the Chargers. They took on the Raiders. They took on... Oh, okay, but Chiefs faced Raiders twice already. You can't you can't count that one. They, they took on the Cardinals and walloped them thirty-four to nothing. I mean, they they took on the the Seahawks, who have a weak defense, and then they still only managed to eke that one out. They took on the Niners, who were bad. They they took. I mean, they took on the Lions. I see very similar schedules. I don't. I don't. I see. I see Chargers on here. I see. I see. An, on I here. see an ailing Packers team that they eked by. I mean, the Rams. I mean, even the Vikings. They they took out a Vikings team whose defense at this point in time was was bottom of the barrel, and 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 eked by them. And I, but I'm seeing three tough games: Bears, Chiefs, Saints. That's about as much as you can say about Chiefs' schedule. I mean, no, I Chargers, I, Steelers, Patriots. Look at the defenses they take on. I just don't buy the L.A. Rams as a Super Bowl team. I bet you the L.A. Rams. I'm calling it right now. I think the L.A. Rams go into the playoffs, and I think they get eliminated divisional round. I'm just not going to hold one game against them. If they run into the Bears, or if they run into the Saints, they're done. All I'm saying, you just mentioned the Packers and the Lions as two um, potential playoff teams, mm-hmm. and and Rams have walled both of them. So if the Rams revisit them, it's going to be the same same thing. Oh, I think if the, the Rams, and I'm not saying if the Rams run into the the Lions or the Packers, but I'm I'm clearly debating whether or not you're calling the Rams. You called the Rams at the beginning of the season a Super Bowl team, and you felt definitively at the beginning of this year and at the midway point that the L.A. Rams were going to the Super Bowl. Did you not? I did, and I still say they are a Super Bowl team. I'm not going to hold one loss against them. If you're holding one loss against them, then you got to call the Bears out too. I'm, I'm holding two losses against them, and the, to the two losses I'm holding against them, I'm holding against them because of the fact that they're the two teams that they're going to run into in the playoffs. One of those two is going to wind up in the NFC title game. You know they are. And if and if the Rams face those two teams ten times each, they they will win five of them. Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. With the way the Saints kicked the crap out of them? Really? It was a closer game to score let on. I mean, for a ten-point game. It was a ten-point game, but I mean, the, the the last seven points that the Rams put up was a garbage time touchdown. It, it was, was not garbage. Time. It was garbage. It was time. late in the game. It wasn't garbage time. It was, might as well have been garbage time. You're down forty-five to twenty-eight at that point. I mean, Christ Almighty! The, I'm telling you right now, the Rams run into the Bears or the Saints. I'm calling it right now. The Rams will lose. And the Rams will not make the Super Bowl if they run into the Saints or if they run into the Chicago Bears. We'll see. Just because you lose once doesn't mean you're going to lose again. I, I don't know. But uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're going to get a word from our sponsor. And then we will be uh, right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. 
It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours, with the rates ranging from $55 to $130. You get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at IYTMassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Boo. And I'm just not going to go that far. We're going to go right to my next topic. Yeah, it's yours truly, the fabulous Scotty Freytown. <laughs> I'll introduce myself. Fine. If you're going to boo me. Fine. I'll, I'll boo, boo you. you. I'm going to boo you all day. Boo. But it is that time. Oh, yeah. It is that time, isn't it? Yes, it is. <sighs> I wish I had booze. I have booze. It's my booze. Well, you're, you're, you're taking my booze a lot of the time. You know what? Yeah. That's the, you know what? You know, yeah. You lose. He comes here, he drinks my booze. That's but how it is now. it is time for... Tyler's Top 10! Tyler's Top 10! Boo! I've never got to say that before. Normally it's you. Yeah, normally it's me, but I figured I'd, I'd give you the honors. Yeah, it was fun. But, Tower's Top 10, now that we're back to doing single weeks, I can do just the Top 10. Again. Yeah, hey, welcome to, welcome back to the party. I know, it's awesome. Yeah, it's exciting. Right. Now, now, can I can I eat chips while you're doing your Top 10? Sure. Can I, I'll just, I'll get right up in the microphone. Doesn't bother me to see what bothers you. <laughs> it really doesn't. But I'm going to throw a couple a couple quick animals out there just because they're, um, Julio Jones, eight receptions, 106 yards, two touchdowns. Big game, game there for Jones, who's been doing it all year, really, very consistently. Yeah, he's coming alive here. Um, him and Calvin Ridley have kind of been uh, uh, competing with each other for uh, that number one role, but Julio... It's not yeah, competing. It, it, it stopped being a competition around week week five, I think. Yeah, and Calvin had the, the three or four straight good weeks, but it's not like Julio wasn't having good weeks either. Yeah, Julio, Julio Jones is still the guy, and... Um, it's kind of reminiscent of when we when we got to see Jones and Roddy White for a year. Absolutely, you know, and that's that's kind of what it is. You got two two great receivers vying for attention here. And what's what's good here in their honors here is um in this case Julio's still fairly young. Yeah, he's still got a lot of. Tread um, when on the Julio tires. came in before with Roddy White, Roddy White was basically already in the nursing home. Yeah, Roddy White. I mean, at that time he was what 33, 34 years old. He was yeah. past his prime. Um, but I, I'm I'm actually you know if if Atlanta can figure it out just a little bit. They can still have one of the most Mostly explosive. defensively. Yeah, but they, they, big thing they could have one of the most explosive teams in the league. I just, I don't understand. They still have one of the best offenses in the league. Yeah, yeah, they still have a, a great offense, very explosive offense. Passing-wise, they're, they're fantastic. Matt Ryan knows how to get, get Julio the ball. Julio knows how to get the ball. But, um, you know, the, the, the Falcons got to fix some things over there before they can start calling themselves a Super Bowl team again. Yeah, there's no reason they shouldn't be in the mix and taking this number six seed, but they're right. well in trouble. Another round of Valeros, Kenny Stills had himself really um his really big game of the year. Eight receptions, one hundred thirty-five yards, and, and 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 a touchdown. We don't hear that name very often. No, you don't. Kenny Stills. He's a good utility guy. Yeah, he is. Um, he's fast. He's got good hands. He's a veteran guy at this point. Um, I mean, Kenny Stills. He's good for about two to three games a year. Really? Yeah. You know, that's usually what he's good for. Um, and, and you get the, you know, I remember in, in, I believe it was Tennessee, he had some good games. He had some good games in, in New Orleans, New Orleans for a little while there. Um, Kenny still see, he's been around for a minute. Um, but 
you, you don't hear Kenny Stills very yeah. often. You just don't. And the last honorable here is Christian McCaffrey, um, 111 yards from scrimmage and, a t- and two touchdowns. McCaffrey is is kind of the the only thing the Saints offense has. Or I'm sorry, the Saints, Panthers. The, the Panthers offense really has going for him. Um, the Panthers, uh, I mean, Cam Newton has he hasn't had any real true number one weapons. We called everybody was was yelling, screaming, DJ Moore, DJ Moore, DJ Moore when he got drafted. I'm not buying it, and I still don't buy it. I think DJ Moore is a joke. And uh, he hasn't shown that he's a number one guy at all. You're right. But now the extra top ten. Number ten, it it prides me that he's been off my top ten all year. Ugh. But it was a matter of time before he he, he reared his ugly head. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give him credit here, and that's, that's uh, New England's Tom Brady. Wow. Um, It's weird. He hasn't been on this list all year. I'm going to go sprinkle rock salt on all the places where hell just froze over. He's been human all year. Yeah, he has. But um, 27 for 43, 358 yards, three touchdowns, didn't make any mistakes in a game that, let's be honest, as much as we hate the Patriots, the Patriots should have won that game. Oh, yeah. They, I mean, um, barring a miracle play they do in that game, the Patriots' defense did not play well. The Patriots' defense has not been playing well really all year. Um, and, and frankly, I don't, um, I don't really buy uh, uh, the Patriots as an all-around team. At no. this point, you know, I I just don't because they've they've kind of always needed Tom Brady in the offense to really put the work in. Yeah, but you see what happens when the offense doesn't put in the obnoxiously great work they have is they they're shaky. How quickly does Bill Belichick lose his job when Tom Brady goes out the door and they start doing bad? He'll retire. So that you think so? <laughs> <laughs> I would. <laughs> Jeez. However, I think it's I think uh, Belichick's the mastermind, not Tom Brady. I, I stand by that. Yeah, I, I, I think Bel- if Brady left, Belichick could find could find a, a quarterback to fit his system. He showed. Oh, he did it when Brady was hurt um, yep, in, in he, Castle. He did it with Garoppolo and uh, what Brissett and Brissett. Yeah, because I'm sorry. I mean, even though they missed the playoffs that year, you, you're um, it's kind of like a weird bad luck. You go 11 and five and miss the playoffs. Yeah, Castle had a great year. Yeah, can't get angry about that. Number nine. Hear this name a lot. Juju Smith Schuster. Eight receptions, 130 yards, two touchdowns. Smith Schuster is um it's kind of very similar to the Atlanta situation. Him and uh, uh Antonio Brown right now are fighting for that number one role. And Antonio Brown, I think, still wins out. Yeah, and but, he and he just on that big contract. Like yeah. they're gonna have two good receivers for a long yeah, time. Smith Schuster, I they, they they combat each other. Uh Smith Schuster, I think, has what did this year and next year on his contract, doesn't he? Before he has to get yes. signed, so I mean, Smith Schuster. As long as they can get him signed to a long term deal, they they're going to be in great shape. But what they ha- what Atlanta is going for him is they, their quarterback's a little bit younger than yeah. what the Pit, what Steelers have in Big Ben. Uh, not much younger, I don't think. He's what thirty four and thirty eight or thirty seven. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, Matty Ice is hitting that mid thirty mark. Because same year as Joe. Wow. So I mean, 34, but but Ben's. Like Ben's 37, 38, but also gets hurt a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and Matt Ryan, um, he's a great quarterback. But I, I honestly, you know, and you could see, and and I, I think you will soon. I think you're going to see Mason Rudolph hit the field over there in Pittsburgh. Oh boy! Oh yeah, I think you will. Number eight, Derek Carr beat that Steeler team we just talked about. Twenty five for thirty four, three hundred twenty two yards and a touchdown. Weirdly good game for this year. 
Yeah. Weirdly good. Um, he's not like he's he's doing his job, but he's not he. And it's not weirdly good because of him. It's weirdly good because of the team he doesn't have and the system. And the system, I, I don't think John Gruden's system has been that good and very complimentary to a lot of the players on that team. I think John Gruden still, to this day, I still think he's a whack job. Um, you know, if he wins another Super Bowl and puts together a team, I mean, we can call him a mad scientist. But, I mean, right now, I think he's nuts. I think he's, absolutely. I think he's an absolutely crazy person. He's off his rocker. And um, Derek Carr has suffered because of it. And Derek Carr doesn't have a lot of weapons over there to throw to. And that's another issue in itself. I mean, Jordy Nelson, I mean, it's like the ghost of Jordy Nelson. Um, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of pieces over there. So, I mean, do I, 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 I'm, I'm proud of Derek Carr for making your top 10 and I'm proud of Derek Carr for putting up a big performance. I hope Derek Carr sticks around in Oakland and is able to, to kind of put it all together on a group. Hopefully he can survive this wave of whatever we're dealing with. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's just venturing into the unknown here. So, but kudos to Garrett, Derek Carr for getting it done against a very good Steelers team. Number seven, T.Y. Hilton, nine receptions, 199 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but I'm sorry, when you, a yard shy, 200. Big game, big part of this offense. Andrew Luck loves T.Y. Hilton. I love T.Y. Hilton. When T.Y. Hilton gets rolling, when he gets zoned in, T.Y. Hilton's like unstoppable. Oh, yeah. And, and he's got a lot of speed. He's very, very fast, and he's got decent hands. He's a more of a vertical threat than anything else. But T.Y. has proven he can do so many different things um, and, and he's starting to be able to catch over the middle a lot more effectively. He, he's starting to become a little bit better of a pass catcher, um, in, in a, uh, I guess a, uh, receptions kind of guy, as opposed to a deep threat. He's starting to be able to catch over the middle, but he's more so that deep threat guy. And T.Y. Hilton has, has shown that on so many occasions with the Colts. He's a speedster. I like T.Y. Hilton and, uh, you know, he's going to be a fixture for a long, long time over there in Indy. Absolutely. Number six, Ezekiel Elliott, 192 yards from scrimmage, and a big part of this offense and a big part of why they won this game. What else is new? It's Ezekiel it's, Elliott. It's a continued effort, and now that they have uh, Mari Cooper over there, this offense is starting to chime a little bit. Yeah, uh, Cooper has opened things up for Elliott. It's very reminiscent, and, and you know, we called this a few weeks ago. We called this when this trade went down, when, when we got to see um, – Amari Cooper getting moved to Dallas, we started saying, oh, well, this could this screams Michael Irvin, Emmett Smith, and were we wrong? Nope. Were we wrong? I mean, here we are, what, what, four weeks removed, five weeks removed from that trade, and we're over here going, holy crap, look at Amari Cooper just blow up. And he's been blowing up for what three, four weeks now. The way we've known he could. And yeah, and and I, I Amari Cooper. Everybody was going, well, maybe he's a bust. Maybe he's a bust. I don't think Amari Cooper's a bust. I never thought no, he was a bust. Yeah. I thought Amari Cooper didn't have a lot of help over there in Oakland. He had Derek Carr, and that was about it. And and Amari Cooper. I mean, if you leave the man open, you saw what he can do. If you stop double covering and triple covering him, and and coming from the AFC over to the NFC. Might be a help because these NFCs don't get to see Amari Cooper very often. So here he comes, trotting around the bend. Does Amari Cooper break 1,000 this year, Tyler? Uh, what's he at right now? I'd have to look. but uh, That's got a big question because we are running out of games. Yeah, we are running out of games. Um, but, I mean, I believe Amari Cooper is the one of the new faces of the uh, the Dallas Cowboys here. Um, regular season. Wow, he's only he, – Really? Really? What? 
Is this is this a real thing? This seems wrong to me. This does seem wrong. That's not right. That is not right. If you if you look at the yards, he's <laughs> well exceeded that. Um, so I I don't know Wait, how many back back up back up. Oh, he's got okay. He's got six hundred and forty two yards on the year so far. That's gonna be hard. That that'll be hard. I mean, That's he's gonna be hard. You you've got what four games left? No, three three three, three left. So you got to average over 100 yards a game. That, that's still a tough call. I, I would like to see Amari Cooper do that. But, I mean, if you look at, I mean, even with Dallas, he's had uh, continued success. 180 yards, 76 yards, 217 yards. He's had five touchdowns in three weeks. Five. Yeah. That is more touchdowns than he had all year leading up to that trade. He only had three. He only had three moving up to that. That's insane. I'm sorry, two. Three. Oh, no, yeah, it is two. It was two. So, I mean, <sighs> Mari Cooper, does he break a 1,000? It's going to be tough. I would like to see it. I, if he gets above 950 or something, if he gets above, I mean, if he gets above 900, I'm feeling pretty good about it. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I agree. He gets above 900 yards, I eh, feel all right. Wait, yeah. scroll, scroll down just a hair. Oh, oh he... He might break a thousand. Yeah, he might. There's so a, he has six forty-two. Yeah, this, this is the big. This thing. So in three games, or how many games? What's it been? Four games now, or three? Um, he um he has uh six hundred forty-two yards of the Cowboys. With the, with the Raiders, he had two hundred and eighty. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's confusing. So he is a, at a, he's at nine hundred. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna well break a thousand. Yeah, he'll well break a thousand. He'll break a thousand. So, so well, mostly Mar- thanks to his time with Dallas. Six forty-two plus two eighty. That's um, eight nine uh, twenty-two. Eight hundred and yeah, yeah. Wow, leave the math to me. Yeah, you're you're the math guy, not me. He had six six touchdowns with the Cowboys, one with the Raiders. So he he did it. So yeah. He had, he had one with I think the, we the, should the, move on because I think we're kind of, yeah. kind of spoiling. Well, I know, but anyway, anyway. But Back Amari, to uh, uh, Amari Cooper. Was, yeah. Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Who is having a great year, as Zeke. you expect. Sorry, Zeke. Sorry, we, we went and did that. But but Ezekiel Elliott having a big year. Amari Cooper opening up things for Zeke. But yes. Zeke, Zeke is, um, the offense kind of still runs through Zeke, and, and he's still having himself a hell of a year. I'm uh, He's still one of the rushing leaders this year. He still gets in the end zone consistently. Still keeps the Cowboys moving forward. Got to love Ezekiel Elliott. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm great. He's, he's a, a constant theme on this list. Yes. Yeah, and, he's one of the he's, – He's he's been actually uh, I'm I don't know but he might be actually more consistent than the guy who's been on this list in the top spot most often. McCaffrey, Gurley, Gurley too, and well you know who's been absent the last couple of weeks? Who's that? Gurley. Oh yeah. And Kamara. Kamara. Wow. Yeah. Alvin Kamara has been been weirdly absent from mm-hmm. the list. Wow. But going to top five, another guy who's been on this list a lot, maybe as maybe as often as Elliot. And that's Saquon Saquon. Oh boy. Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, 197 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. He's in top five in yards, and he is he might even be leading the league or close on scrimmage yards. He um he's broken the thousand yard mark as of this past week. He's got one. And that's just rushing. I know he has a lot in through the air as well. Yep, eleven hundred and twenty four yards rushing. He has nine touchdowns on the ground so far this year. Um guy's having a great year, seventy eight receptions. Um 
showing he's worth every bit of that second round draft pick that the Giants kind of first put, round second for, pick. Well, yeah, for, I'm sorry, second overall pick rather um, that they they put forward for him. Uh, Saquon's been a monster for them, and and weirdly, like the Giants have like out of nowhere come alive. Just just I mean, randomly, um, and a lot of it's been on the back of Saquon Barkley. Uh, he says he's eyeing the rushing title. Um, I don't I don't know how how possible that is. With with Gurley slowing down, I think it's possible. You think so? Um, rushing leader right now is Elliot. Is Elliot? Um, I mean that that is something to look at. Does he can Saquon run away with the rushing title? I mean, maybe he is number three. He's got a shot. He says he's, he's about a hundred and a little less than one hundred and forty yards back. Yeah, um, he's gonna he's gonna have a, an uphill battle against uh, Zeke, and he's gonna have an uphill battle if if uh, Gurley gets his legs back under him. Can you pull up a scrimmage yards there? Uh, I mean, I'm there, not gonna get it, but try to see if you can Google uh, NFL scrimmage yards. All right, I'll check it out. As you're doing that, I'm gonna to go to eh. yeah. Go ahead. So go can, go go ahead. You you go on to your next one. Number I'm gonna flip flop this a little bit here, but number four, Dak Prescott. I would have put him higher, but I'm gonna give more credit to a certain someone else. Take a look who leads in scrimmage yards as well, Ezekiel Elliott. Which doesn't surprise. Like, in, so you see your top four there are all guys you're seeing in the in the uh, yardage too, mm-hmm. and um, and, and so Zeke it kind of goes hand in hand a little bit. Zeke and Saquon are eleven yards apart. 1764 versus 1753. And Zeke leads with the 1764. So he leads Saquon by 11 yards. That's wild. It's that's wild, man. And and yards per uh yards per game receiving Elliot doesn't get as many yards per receiving wise as Saquon does, but yardage wise um you know, rushing wise, Ezekiel kind of takes it. He's actually got it by a th- almost 1000 yards. So, or, or I'm sorry, by almost 100 yards. So it, it's wild. It's interesting. It's an interesting little animal. Crazy. I'm glad you made me look that up. I, I like I like um scrimmage leadership leader yards because it's 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 because you got to count because you just look just look at the top few there. You're adding 500 anywhere from five to 600 yards. Sometimes 700 yards in in McCaffrey's case. Yep. To their totals. Yeah, that's wild. Wow. The number four, like I said, is Dak Prescott. And I would have put him higher on this list, but I'm gonna get, I'm giving more credit to a certain someone else that is also on this list. Yes. But Dak Prescott did himself a good game: forty-two for fifty-four, four hundred fifty-five yards, three touchdowns, and two picks. Yeah, he had a um, a hell of a game. He's had thirty-one hundred yards on the year. Um, he's got a good rating: ninety-six rating, um, seventeen touchdowns versus seven picks. So Dak Prescott has had an improved year since last year. Um, I like Dak Prescott as and what he's doing over there. It's it's nice. I think a big th- reason for Dak Prescott's success is he's actually got a big bodied target over there in in that gentleman you've alluded to. He he goes out, he puts up the 455 yards, the three touchdowns. He did have two two picks, but still wins the game. Clutch moment in overtime, gets the ball over to to Amari Cooper, and and the ball gets deflected, and Amari Cooper grabs it and gets in the end zone for the game winner. Um, Dak, uh, he's still young. He's still got a lot of tread in the tires. I think he's still fighting for a contract here. So, I mean, you could see, and the Cowboys are hot right now. Cowboys have won, what, five in a row now? Is it that many? Yeah, they've won four or five in a row now. Yes. So, I mean, you could see the Cowboys um, trotting their way in the playoffs. They're getting hot at the right time, so that's a good thing. All right, so now time for the big three. Oh, boy. First one here, number three, George Kittle. 
Seven receptions, mm. 210 yards, and a touchdown. My boy! So, I wanted to put him higher. He almost could have been higher. So, I'm not sure if you knew this, but so, here's the stat line for the game. Seven receptions, 210 yards, and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. That was his stat line at halftime. <laughs> he got shut down the rest of the game, mm-hmm. but he had he had 200 yards and a touchdown at halftime. He was on pace to really have a monster game. Didn't he break, or he came within, I think it was like nine yards or something like that, of breaking Shannon Sharp's record for most yards in one half of football. Something like that, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, kudos to George Kittle. We've been talking about him all year. And he's been kind of a guy who's been who's been really quiet, um, but we've been talking about him. Mm-hmm. And and you don't you don't see the headlines about George Kittle a whole lot. But we've you know I picked him up in fantasy just on a whim. Oh to hell with it! I'll pick up George Kittle. And wow, am I happy I picked up George Kittle? Um, guy's great, uh, great tight end, good pass catcher. He's got he's great in scrimmage. And and actually in this game he showed off a little bit of that speed. Um, I like George Kittle, big body guy. He's he's the favorite target. He see he was Garoppolo's favorite target, and now he's he's uh, Mullen's favorite target. So I mean, I, I guess that might say something about about George Kittle. Maybe he's the next big thing in this this league as far as tight ends go. I mean, remember Antonio Gates was a big deal for a little while there. He could be the next big thing. I so. think he might be. So that'd be fun to see. I I hope he I hope he turns out. I like George Kittle a lot. So I before I I go to the number two here, I'm gonna laugh at something. I know you're gonna move it. I'm gonna list something out, and uh, honestly. As much as I want to get viewers, if you uh, agree with this statement, I almost don't want you to listen. Mm-hmm. Skip Bayless lists reasons why he'd take Dak Prescott over Andrew Luck. Are you out of your goddamn mind? Yeah, that's uh, crazy talk. And I think we know it's crazy talk. One of the hundred reasons why I do not like Skip Bayless. The, I like Skip Bayless a lot, but I think we know it's crazy talk. Skip Bayless is the is the most idiotic um, analyst that's ever no, existed. No, he's in not idiotic. Skip Bayless is great. He brings up some very, very great points. Um, I think we both agree that Andrew Luck is is a hundred times better than Dak Prescott. Shannon Sharp agrees. I agree. Um, I I believe, and and I'm not going to call Skip Bayless a bad a bad journalist or a bad analyst. I think Skip Bayless is very very good at what he does, and I I like Skip Bayless. A lot of his opinions are great. Um, this one happens to be one of the bad ones. The only other bad one I can remember from Skip Bayless, and and I'm sure there's been maybe a few others, but. The the worst one is Tim Tebow. I mean, this probably <laughs> would even make top ten of worst things Bayless has ever said. He he never says anything anything smart. I'm, I'm, we'll, we'll talk about this more offline. Oh, but Bayless is a dipshit. I love Skip Bayless. You might hate Skip Bayless. I love Skip Bayless. Um, just like I love Mike Valenti. I mean, yeah, I like the two of those well, guys. I like Mike Valenti, but Skip Bayless is just stupid. <laughs> Number two, we talked about a lot already, and that's uh, Mari Cooper's big game: ten receptions, two hundred seventeen yards. And three touchdowns. He has been the catalyst for this team. Oh yeah, this is a big reason why this team has turned things around. He's he's uh, they they turn things around in Dallas. Um, he goes out and has a big game, including the game winner in overtime. You gotta love it. You gotta love what what Amari Cooper's doing. I can't even be mad at Amari Cooper right now. Absolutely not. No. And in most weeks, this would have been by far number one without even having any second guesses. Nope. But a man named Derrick Henry. Oh man! Happened to do that. He was and, and he had number one locked in three days before Sunday. Oh yeah! Thursday night football. He has seventeen carries, only seventeen, two hundred thirty-eight yards. Not one, not two, not three, but, but four 
touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Insane. Including one of which was a 99-yard rushing touchdown. Yeah, he, he went crazy, broke the uh, the Titans' single-game rushing record, um, and and uh, they just kind of say, Chris who? Yep. You know, I mean, it really, CJ2 who? You know, that's that's what we've been saying. Yeah, near the end I was calling him CJ point two K. Yeah, right. I mean he, he was bad. Uh, or he he was he was I mean, bad compared to Derrick Henry. Now he was bad in his second year, I guess. But um Derrick Henry, monster game. Um he, he had a big one and, and talking about that game, I gotta tell you, Derrick Henry to me is is the real deal as a running back, and I think that the Tennessee Titans need to start utilizing him a little more often. So you don't think it was a one off? I mean, he's had a, he's had a very very rough year. I don't know that it was a one off. You know, I don't I don't know that it was a one off. I believe that that um, you, you know he has he had a rough year. Yeah, maybe. I think the Titans need to start utilizing more. I think they they might have found themselves a rushing game here, and it could be something moving forward. That I think that the Titans would, uh, you know, wind up. Uh, he could wind up being like I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be Ezekiel Elliott. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say he's Todd Gurley. Okay, but could that Tennessee offense run through? I mean, does it run through Marcus Mariota at this point? It it is Marcus Mariota because this is what I'm going to point out. Just because um, this is Derrick Henry's first game of crossing a hundred, first game of crossing sixty. Yeah, and I don't he's think he's had the- a very very rough year. And I, I think a lot of that has to do with the Titans and the fact that the Titans don't have much of an offensive line for him over there outside of who? Taylor Luan? And, and, and that very well could be true. But, but I mean, I do I think he's going to be this uh, juggernaut running back? No, I don't. Um, he had a very, very good game. Like, yes, he had a legendary game. And you can't argue against that. But I think in his current state, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> his current state, Derrick Henry still has a lot to go. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. But no, Derrick Henry, It's <clears throat> he had a really good game. But Tennessee's got a lot to, to build on to, to make him a very good running back. And and I, I, don't, I don't buy the fact that this team's going to be able to build around him. They have a lot to build to get this offensive line to protect him. And I just feel like uh, while he had the legendary game here, we got a long, long way to go. So until then, yeah, this team's going to have to pass the ball. This team's going to have to be a passing team. While they have a very good running back to uh, utilize to take pressure off the passing game, this is what they this is what they have, and they, they have to they they have a lot to fix before they can truly move this team on. But I do want to uh, touch ba- back back over to Amari Cooper and his big game, and uh, whether the fact that the Raiders are kicking themselves. So this season, the Raiders have uh, traded away some big pieces. They they do have three first-round draft picks going into the draft, and they also have two in the following draft. And so just kind of talking on the Raiders and where they're at and John Gruden making some very big decisions for this team, uh, starting with Cleo Mack in the offseason. And Cleo Mack had himself a great year building that Bears offense or defense. And now the same can be said for Amari Cooper. I mean, since Amari Cooper went to the Cowboys, as we've said, the Cowboys have really, really turned things around. They're looking like they're gonna they're they're set to make the playoffs and the winners of the uh, NFC East there. So uh, I think uh, the Raiders. Uh, I know the fans are questioning, and 
a lot of people are truly questioning have the Raiders really made some big, bad decisions on getting rid of Mari Cooper? Yes, they did. <laughs> and I agree with you 100%. They did. Mari Cooper, um, if I am, and I think I think the Raiders are questioning their decisions to to scoop Amari Cooper because of the, the firing of their general manager, Reggie McKenzie. Yeah, and that 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 was a that was a big indication that that this team disagrees with some of the moves that this team has made. Yeah, and and the, I guess here's my problem with the firing of Reggie McKenzie. How much of this was John Gruden, that crazy sob, as opposed to <laughs> Reggie McKenzie? I I think it's both. I think you I think you got to give McKenzie the blame for allowing Gruden to be Mister Crazy Man and not putting the checks and balances in. Right. I think that's what he's what he's paying for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I see. We knew this was going to be Gruden's team. Yeah, Gruden. You might as well have been hired on to be be Mister General Manager, Coach. He he was basically like like uh, Stan Van Gundy was for the Detroit Pistons. I mean, he was just hired on to do whatever you want. I mean, really. Yeah, for for sure. You, you've had a lot of legendary coaches that have basically been in control of what's going on. Uh, Bill Belichick. Uh. Do, do Patriots have a GM? No, yeah, right. <laughs> I don't. I, honestly, I don't even know who the hell their general manager is at this point. I mean, I, I don't even know if they have, even have an official one. Is it, uh, is it just Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick, and that's <laughs> it about it? probably is. I, I guess. But I, I wanted to touch on Amari Cooper because we had just talked about the number two there. Like, you might as well not, we, had, we had that listed there. We wanted to talk <laughs> about that, and I, I think the Raiders are definitely kicking themselves because they, they've – Sent their future out the door in Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. Well, they they did send their their future out the door, but then they went up and picked up a future. And and the hope, if I'm the Raiders or if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm sitting here going, please, for the love of God, pick up a receiver, pick up a linebacker, a pass rusher, pick up a defensive end, do something. Um, they need weapons. They need weapons on offense. They need weapons on defense. They need so much. Really, the Raiders are becoming the Cleveland Browns of this league. They have nothing. Really. They have no, nothing. I agree. Could we see the Oakland Raiders quite possibly go 0-16? I, don't think, I think the only person that will, will stop that from happening Derek is Carr. Derek Carr. Honestly, I think that's the only reason that, that it won't happen. Yeah, I agree. I, they're not going to go 0-16. But this team right now is bottom of the barrel. Yeah. A team that we both thought was uh, the last two seasons were going to be a juggernaut team that just has not come anywhere close to fruition. Yep, and then and then to to top off everything for for Oakland over there, they get this lawsuit against them from uh, from Oakland uh, because the the Raiders are getting ready to move to Vegas. They get this lawsuit pitched at them from from uh, uh, the city of Oakland saying that they're in violation of the contract because of the fact that they they go oh well you had us build this this stadium and now you're leaving then really they didn't really build the stadium at all it was that they, they were just playing in the coliseum the oakland coliseum which is the oakland athletics area yeah but the big thing about that is is i think the the oakland is saying that the nfl has decided to move the team to vegas and the reason that they're moving the team to vegas is because oakland couldn't get the funds together uh, okay we can maybe Maybe talk about that. I, I think this is one of those things that's going to end up falling through. They, they may seem to have an argument, but I, I, I don't think it's going to really 
do much to change anything. No, it was filed in federal court. I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna wind up pulling anything out of the bag. I don't think the NFL is gonna lose on this one. They're moving the team to Las Vegas. That's just what it is. Yeah, and, and if they do lose, it's gonna be it's gonna be a, a state of NFL saying Oakland, just shut up. Take yeah, some take some on. money and go away. And and really, they're gonna make a lot of money because the LA, the Las Vegas just announced that they're gonna have the draft in twenty twenty. Does that seem like it's a coincidence to you? Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> not. I mean, and which you know, it, it's a smart move. It's smart. Um, it, it it helps to build a fan base in a city that's really mostly uh, tourists. Yeah, and I think it, it you know doing things in uh, people discount how good Vegas um, is for drawing fans in for sporting events. People forget there's so many boxing events. I mean, True. Think about, and I guess at the end of the day, though. I... Are you going to get a consistent fan base? You could. No, no. you're not going to get people that are, oh, yeah, the um, Las Vegas Rams are my team. Or not Rams, Raiders are my team. But you're you're right. Um, Vegas has a big draw on tourists, and they're going to sell out games and the fact that people are like, oh, let's go to a football game. Yeah, that could be a thing. But I think I think Vegas will struggle in having a uh, um, a consistent fan base. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think they've got enough, you know, this is going to be a terrible thing to say, but I think they got enough people that go out to Vegas and retire. I think they got a lot of people that go out to Vegas and, and actually have careers out there as poker players or casino owners or whatever. Okay, but the big, the you know you know what one of the biggest uh, retirement cities in the, in the country is? What's that? Tampa Bay. Yeah. And how do they do in sports? Yeah, that's Awful. a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. Retirees don't care about sports as much as they were when they were younger. Yeah. I, I and, and Las Vegas, um... I I think that they're going to have a, a and they they have had some population growth over the years. They got six hundred forty one thousand people that lived there since two thousand seventeen, um, and in the surrounding areas, in Henderson and Reno. So you've got three hundred two thousand five hundred thirty nine that live around in Henderson and two hundred forty eight thousand eight hundred fifty three that live in Reno. So you got well over a million people in those three areas. And and it's kind of that that tri-state area, I guess you could call it for them. Um, that's a lot of people. It is, but the the uh, how many of them are retirees who don't really care thing? I I, I think they could struggle. Yeah, they, then they could. I, I they <sighs> now Oakland on the other hand has four hundred and twenty-five thousand people, and they're competing. With the so I mean it could be it could be good it could be bad here's the thing, Oakland has four hundred twenty five thousand people there, you got San Francisco who's got eight hundred eighty four thousand people there but those eight hundred eighty four thousand people that are in from San Francisco support the 49ers from that Bay Area. I mean really, no, so, I, I I see the I see the perspective I see the reason for leaving. I just don't think it's going to be as positive as going as as the L A move. If you were to even split the hundred twenty two thousand from Berkeley. And split those two. I, I just think that there's too many football teams or too many sports teams in the state of California to make it viable. Plus, you got the Chargers over there. We got to remember the Chargers are still hanging out. Not there, but well, they're they're in oh, San yeah, they're Diego, cool. but still. Well, they're they're in they're in they're in L.A. Yeah, well, they're now they're in L.A. But which that's yeah, well, San Diego was more south. Well, yeah, San Diego was more south, but they they moved closer to that Bay Area. I don't know. I don't know that that you're going to get more fans if you got that that much of a concentration. I get the idea of it, and and the idea is that hey, we're going to move over to Vegas and we're going to get a lot more uh, revenue. The the population's higher in that specific city now because of the tourist idea. 
the aspect of things. Yeah. I expect the Vegas draft to be humongous. This will be my, this will be my bold prediction here. It may not be that be even that bold. It will be the largest draft um, fan appearance of all time. Uh, it could be. That could very well be. And it depends on... I don't know if they announced where exactly they're doing Are they doing it in, like, a Vegas stadium or anything like that? That I don't know. All they said was going to be in Vegas. I, I still think the details are being laid out there. Yeah, and, and it's... Uh... It says they're gonna they're gonna host it, but I mean, who knows where they're gonna put the thing? Um, I don't know. Well, twenty twenty twenty. We we gotta see if they're gonna have a stadium there, or if they're gonna put it in. You know, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where they're gonna put the damn thing. They don't have a stadium there for it, really. Other, than, I mean, they could put it in the Vegas Golden Knights area. That could be a thing. Yeah, it could be. That could be a thing. Um, they they say it's the entertainment capital of the world. I mean, okay, that's great, but where are you going to do it? Um, officials in the L.A. Convention and Visitors Authority to create an unforgettable week-long celebration of football for our fans for the incoming prospects and partners. Well, that's great, but where are you going to put the draft? I think it's still too early. <laughs> you know, that's the, It'll come out. Uh, geez, Maybe next week we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's it's possible. Um, but the, they will hold the draft there. When we get back from uh, our break, we're going to do a little segment of Freytown's Forgetful Five. Um, yeah, because we, this, this week kind of got weird because we've gone through quite a bit of our uh, our new stuff, our new stuff with kind of everything going on. And, well, we've been and, kind of and, ranting and, and, and kind stuff. Of broke off on the on the uh, top ten forget, forgetful five. So when we when we get back, it'll be the remainder of yeah. our news. And we, then we, we we had a flow. We had a flow. That was it. Yeah, we, we had a weird flow. It was a weird rant week uh, yeah. against each other. Really, for the first time, yeah. Um, I think I think the Rams topic might be our biggest uh, get off topic and, and argue gonna, for twenty minutes. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about about that. But I mean, and then forgetful five coming up. Too. We'll, we'll we'll do. Let's. I'll, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll take our quick break. We're gonna come back with forgetful five. We'll go into the rest of our news. We'll get around the league, and then we got to do our predictions. We we have more predictions going on. Mm-hmm. More predictions. More weeks. Yeah, and I think you're in the lead still by a large yeah, margin. I started getting reckless, but you're within. You're at four four out now. I'm four down. I came yeah, back from eleven. I got now. reckless. Oh, yeah, apparently. Um, well, that's good. I'm I'm back in the hunt here. So uh, with that, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back right here on the outside blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz, um, the weird order Outside Blitz today. Yeah, change places. Yeah, it's, it consistently goes on um, that that you say that. It's like once an episode. Um, so, Tyler, uh, coming back from our uh, little break here, we got a little off track because um, I was trying to avoid doing this. 
I know. You know. But I'm going to ruin your day. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for... Freytown's Forgotten Five! Freytown's Forgetful Five! Pretty bad week. It's been a bad week. It was bad for a lot of teams. Quarterbacks especially. Quarterbacks did not do well this week. Oh, no. Oh, no. not at all. No. Uh, horrible weeks for quarterbacks. Few, uh, Actually, a lot of bad offensive performances just in general um, from entire offenses. Um, we had a couple of bad defensive situations. Um, Freytown's Forgetful 5. Uh, I'm, I do have, I actually have honorables this week, which I didn't have last week. Um, honorable number one, the Redskins rushing defense. Yuck. Oh, awful. 40 points yeah. allowed there by a team, by a defense that was top notch. Saquon, a while. Saquon puts 170 rushing on, on them by himself. <laughs> it's, I, I get it, Saquon Barkley. But holy, holy guacamole, man! That that was just a a um, a beating there as far as rushing off uh, rushing defenses go. Um, now this one, the next one, the next honorable. Here's the thing: I can't entirely give the defense um, a bad grade because they the the New England Patriots should have won that football game. But I am gonna say the New England Patriots' final play defense, particularly Rob Gronkowski. Um, it is, is definitely an honorable, um, after the Miami miracle goes on all of those laterals for touchdowns and or for the touchdown and whatever it was, it was just a mess. Uh, Gronk shows little to no effort, falls on his face, shows little, how much, little, little, you give him as much as little effort. I'd say no effort. And he, uh, falls on his face like a dummy. Um, Gronk looked like crap. That defense looked like crap in that final play. They should be ashamed of themselves for allowing that play to transpire and for allowing that touchdown to transpire. So, uh, shame on the New England Patriots. Um, Matt Stafford, honorable mention, 15 for 33, 101 yards. The only thing that kept him out of this top, this this forgetful five, was mistake free. Was he was mistake free? But 15 for 23 for 101 yards is just abysmal. Um, number five, Mitchell Trubisky, 110 yards, one touchdown, three picks. Um, bad day for, for quarterbacks in general in that game. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky was just horrible. Um, mm -hmm. the only reason he, he wasn't higher was because he did have a touchdown on the day. Yes, he did. So I, I can, I can give him that. He put points on the board. Um, number two is the now benched, or number four rather, is the now benched Mark Sanchez. Six for 14 for 38 yards, two interceptions. So of, of the 14 passes he threw, he only had 12 of them not be picked off, and he only got six of them completed. So he had a horrible um, completion percentage, 38 yards, two picks. Um, he gets benched eventually, uh, and the nobody Josh Johnson comes in and uh, plays decent. Uh, I'll say the backup played played better than than Mark Sanchez, who was supposed to be the backup. Uh, number three, this is a guy that we now here's a guy. Uh, this is a guy that we never thought would be on the forgetful five. This this is a guy that that um for a while was in the MVP talk. Yeah, and and the, it feels like Jeff Fisher came back into town <laughs> and. 
Jeff Fisher Surprise is, visit. Yeah, is now coaching the, the uh, St. Louis or L.A. Rams or whatever the hell they're calling themselves these days. Jared Goff goes 20 for 44, 180 yards, four picks on the day. Um, got decimated by, by a Chicago defense that, I mean, they just had their way with the Rams. Um, Goff looked bad. He looked miserable. Um, so did Gurley. Gurley looked miserable. That whole team looked miserable. You can almost put in there is is the Rams team. Yeah, the the, and the whole team looked miserable, but but I think Goff took the taco there with the. the you can four. almost do it. Do it. You're not, do one pick as being the entire Monday night game, no mm-hmm. Sunday night game, except for Jordan Howard. Yeah, Jordan Howard. <laughs> <laughs> it's everyone but Howard. But Howard. Yep. And uh, I, wow, uh, Jared Goff. I mean, I I didn't expect to see Goff no into, into the top five or the forgetful five. And um, Goff enters it. Uh, go figure. Now, this is a team right here that has been very commonly on the Forgetful Five as for this specifically. Um, the Minnesota Vikings offense. Um, their defense has been up here, too. Their defense has been up there, but the defense has really recently caught on. Defense got it together. Uh, the defense was on there after the Rams game, um, after Anthony Barr got torched repeatedly. Um, but the, the, the offense now has started to fall apart. Um, John DeFilippo gets fired today, or well, yesterday. Um, so here we are with the Minnesota Vikings offense. They could hardly convert a third down, couldn't convert a fourth down. Kirk Cousins um, missed wide open rece- receivers in the end zone. Um, the running backs aren't getting anything going outside of Dalvin Cook. I mean, a lot of this falls on the offensive coordinator. Um, and at the same time, and the play calling, that the Vikings haven't been a running team. A lot of this falls on the general manager because of the fact that they have no offensive line. We've talked about this. But at the end of the day, the Vikings' offense was abysmal and got dominated by the Seattle Seahawks on Monday night. Um, just a shame. Just a shame to see a $26.5 million quarterback um, struggling the way he is. Um, and last but not least, the forgetful five. Number one, the Jacksonville Jaguars run defense. Um, we just got done talking um, about the Titans. We just got done talking about all that yardage. And uh, if you let one guy put up 238 yards, Derrick Henry, mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, you're you're going to hit the the forgetful five for sure. And when you let one guy just just trounce you for 238 yards and four touchdowns, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. You're you're your run defense is trash, and that's mm. what it is. What what's hmm? Um, for the first time in fourteen weeks, fifteen week, fourteen weeks, fourteen weeks. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say you screwed up. Why? You left somebody off here. What a I se- think the seventy two yard guy. Yup, <laughs> Russell Wilson, who went fifty percent, seventy two yards, no touchdowns, and an interception. There's nothing there that screams he shouldn't have been here. Here's the thing about Russell Wilson, and and here's here's why I can't put Russell Wilson in this talk. A, Russell Wilson won his game. So did Stafford. But Russell Wilson ran for a number of yards in his game as well, including a 38-yard game-clinching scamper um, where he looked like he was running the 40 in the combine. I... I, I get it, but I still think he deserves, he deserves an honor, at least an honorable mention. I would have put him in your top five. Um, I, I know we don't interrupt and add some of your no. top five. 
I, I haven't in 14 weeks. Russell Wilson. But, Russell Wilson did it enough. Was he was he a quarterback? <laughs> no, he wasn't a quarterback. But uh, Russell Wilson did enough as a player to not hit that top five. Am I proud of Russell Wilson? No. Am I proud of of the fact that that his he put up 72 yards and beat my Vikings? No. Um, Russell Wilson. I, I, could I make him an honorable? Sure. I the but he he clinched the game for his team at the end of the day. He clinched the game. So did Stafford. But Stafford didn't clinch the game. Come on but, now. But but no, I, I accept your reasoning. I don't I, I don't agree with it, but I accept it. <laughs> you accept it. Well you better accept it because it's my forgotten time. Anyway, um speaking of quarterbacks that like to run, however, um Tyler, it's a great day in Baltimore. It's a great day in Baltimore, Tyler, and you know why. Lamar Jackson, he gets he gets named the starting quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens this week. Um, Yahoo! You see, do you, do you see my balloons? <laughs> I, I must have left them somewhere. Yahoo! So, here's the thing. Um, I think this decision was made because the team is rallying behind Lamar Jackson because he goes three and one. Um, damn near goes four and zero. Oh. I I get that. I accept that. I think what this is is a uh, you got a team that's borderline playoffs. Are they better than seven six? I I stand by. I believe they're better than seven six. Especially I believe they're better um, than seven six. Especially um the the two games they had against the Saints and the Chiefs. Defensively, they're better than it than seven and six. Yes. Um, what I think this is this is a uh, g- given how close the AFC playoff picture is. Very similar to the NFC picture. This it's just very nuts right now. Um, to me, this uh, I think um, John Harbaugh's job is saved at the moment. I think this is a uh, sword to fall on. So if they do miss the playoffs, it's hey, rookie quarterback. What yeah. do you want me to do? Well, I also think it's John Harbaugh. He's he's taking a shot in the dark here. Um, John Harbaugh is going. Well, I'm going to stick Lamar in, and I am going to keep my fingers crossed, and um, I'm going to hope he's successful this year. And I think that'll buy him another year before you know it really hits the fan. Yeah, you remember? Um, so that that um game at the arcades with the with the, when the light goes around and around, you gotta hit the button to stop it to get mm-hmm. the jackpot. Um, to me, um, I I feel like I'm given because honestly, if uh, anybody in the front office believes that Lamar Jackson is this uh, god of a quarterback, no, they're nitty. I don't think that's the case. I think no. they, I think they know his limitations. I believe that if any, at any point now that now that Joe's been because at this up to this point Joe's been deemed um, inactive, um, not given permission to play. Mm-hmm. Now that he's been given permission to play, I believe that John Harbaugh's finger is on the trigger, waiting to hit that button on that light. The second yep. that looks like that Lamar could be struggling, bam, here comes Joe. Yeah, and 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 vice versa. Um, if they if they if they pull Lamar. Almost like a Tampa Bay situation. Oh God! I hope it doesn't it's get that so bad. So bad. But um, if if they were to put Joe in and 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 Joe begins to struggle, and I stand by this, if they did name Joe the starter today, it'd be the same thing. If Joe starts to go three and out, three and out, three and out, as we've seen him do, it'd be bam, we're putting Lamar, and not going to take any chances. I think Joe Flacco's gone by the end of the year. I I at this point, yeah. I mean, you're not going to leave a twenty million dollar quarterback on your bench. I think Joe Flacco says to hell with y'all. I'm going to go ahead and take – you can have your $7.5 million hit, and uh, I'm going to roll. And I wouldn't blame him. And and they can pay him out. They can have his buyout. 
and he can get the hell out of Dodge. And it would be smart for the Ravens. At the end of the day, they're going to wind up saving, like, what, 12.5? Something like that, yes. I mean, they save the dough. Joe saves the time. He gets to go someplace that needs a quarterback, and Joe Flacco can be successful Dolphins, elsewhere. Jacksonville. Yeah. Arizona? I mean, Arizona's well, going to ride out they're, Rosen. They're going to stick with Rosen for a while. They're going to ride out Rosen. But still, there's teams out there that could use a good quarterback. I think Joe Flacco's a good quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a good quarterback. Um... I don't think he's as great as like you make him out to be, but I think he's a very good quarterback. I I don't um last statement on, on this topic though I don't think Lamar finished the year. You're talking two injuries and two two back to back weeks. Um, Lamar runs the ball too much and doesn't take care of his own body. Doesn't know how to slide. Doesn't know how to slide. He takes the hits. He will get hurt at the end of the year. That's reminiscent of RG three. RG three didn't know how to slide. Yep. And and we we remember what happened with RG three. So that'll be very, very entertaining. Speaking of... Can I, can I start calling him um, RG4? RG4, yeah, we'll call him RG4. Um, speaking of quarterbacks that are out, uh, Carson Wentz goes out. Um, he will not be uh, seeing the Rams this upcoming week. That is huge for your Vikings. It's a big deal. I mean, it keeps a, as long as it can keep, if the Rams come out pissed and the Eagles come out uh, hurting and Nick Foles is not available... I'm saying, is there any chance that um Nick Foles comes out Super Bowl yeah. gunning like he was Nick, last Nick year? Nick Foles gonna come out with the the cape <laughs> and come out with the cape, stepping out of the phone booth. Like I can only do good when I come in the middle of the season. <laughs> I guess uh, Nick Foles, uh, he'll be in. Um, I, I'm hoping that the Rams come out and they're pissed off and they just light up the the Eagles and have themselves a field day. Um, go Eagles! Uh, no, absolutely not. Go Rams at this point. Um, you know, I, I I at least want the Rams to to tee off on the Eagles to keep them uh, out of my Vikings way as far as playoff stuff goes. Um, other around those other uh, teams that are uh, in the NFC East, uh, Odell Beckham injures his quad. He'll be out. Um, well, he's not out yet. He hasn't been ruled out yet. He's been out of practice. Um, how badly does this affect the Giants? I mean, any chance they have of uh, doing their comeback tour here? Um, to me, kind of ends with uh, Beckham not being in. While he hasn't had the most explosive year, I think uh, them not having a passing attack hurts Barkley. Mm-hmm. It, it, and Odell always opens things up for Barkley, and Sterling Shepard can only do so much on that offense. Yeah, he's I, not number one. No, he's not a number one. He's a good receiver. Oh, very I good. love Sterling Shepard, but he's not number one. He has shown that in the past when Beckham hasn't been available. Right, and he's, he's tried to be a number one, but he has not been a number one. Um, so I, I don't buy that. Uh, now sticking with the, with the, with the East there. Yep. Don't forget right at the bottom there. I um, know. I know. Hey, you're you're going to skip it. No, I wasn't. Um, Alex Smith, um, is, uh, you already know about his, uh, broken leg injury, but, uh, he's, heck, is it a setback or just an additional, I don't know if it's really a setback because it's going to be a long recovery. <sighs> he's going to be, I bet you, I mean, I'm going to put this leg injury right on par with the gruesome Teddy Bridgewater injury. I mean, we've already compared it to Theismann's. And... I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on par to the point where it's either he's out for several years, or he's done for his career. Well, he so the difference he he didn't tear any muscles, right? Or no, he's so he had surgery on it, and he got a nasty infection from the surgery. Right. So it's not going to be as long as uh as uh, uh your boy there because you don't have to tear the torn muscles. You're only worried about a uh. A bone bone uh, growth back, but um, that affects you. I mean, Thiesman retired on that. 
Yeah, I and, and Alex Smith is talking about it. I, I think Alex Smith is uh, he's considering it, and and uh, I think I think it's going to happen. I think Alex Smith is out the door. Now you got Mark Sanchez and Colt McCoy over in in uh, in Washington there, and you know Colt McCoy already has his broken leg as well. So you got a bunch of uh, it, it. You know what it reminds me of. It reminds me of Shrek, where they just break the legs off the gingerbread man, and he's just like, you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> That's what it reminds but me of. But they are stuck with Alex Smith through the 2023 season. Ooh. So I don't know if you're really walking away from it, unless he retires. I think he retires. I think, I think he He is old. Older. Uh, older. What, 35? I'm 35. Yeah, I'm not going to call him old. I mean, I'm, I'm 31. You know, come on now. Old, old, you shut your face. Um, but no, my, my point is, um, once in you cross that years. thirty mark, yeah. um, big injuries. Not only could, I mean, really, the big injuries it, it makes players start to think. It takes a lot longer to heal from something like that, doesn't it? It, it takes longer to heal for one. But I'm um, think think Theismann, and think if something happened like yeah. to like Breeze right now, it or, just or takes a, it takes a lot longer to heal. The the body breaks down a lot easier, and and you think mentally like. Do I really like at this point? I've made a lot of money. Do I really just want to keep doing this? I, right. I I have plenty of money. Is it worth it? Yeah, that comes into play. Is it worth me walking around with a cane for the rest of my life? You know, and I think that definitely plays in. Alex Smith does have kids. Um, he's a married man. I mean, there there's uh, and two of the older players take take like an AP or Frank Gore for example. If they tore their ACL, I'm sorry, they're both retiring. Oh, AP. See, AP came back because he was just PO'd. You know, I mean, really. <laughs> Um, but AP, I, I, I agree with you. I think if AP tore his ACL right now, he'd be done. And Frank Gore, if he tore his ACL, he might get amputated because he'd probably turn dust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's basically it. I just, so, I mean, Alex Smith on the brink of retiring. We'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, speaking of Alex Smith, though, and teams he came from, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs clinched the uh, playoff spot in the first AFC team to clinch. And um, as did the Saints, who are the second <clears throat> team in the NFC to clinch. Yep, so, so we got those teams in. Those were expected. I think those were expected. I yeah, think it's no gonna, surprise. It's going to get a little more exciting at the uh, ass end of the the playoffs. There. Well, you could. I think. I think if it works out, you could see the Dallas Cowboys clinching the NFC East this week. It's possible. If it goes a certain way. Um, they did win head to head against the Eagles twice, um, I believe. Twice. I, so I think. yeah. So if they win and Eagles lose, that's it. Yeah, that, Dallas is in the playoffs. That, yeah, that would be it. So I mean. Kudos to uh, Dallas for coming out hot these last five games. And if you would have told me Dallas Cowboys would have been in the talks, I would have told you yeah, you're crazy. You got lucky due to Alex Smith going down. Because uh, they had that division locked up, basically, yeah. before that happened. <clears throat> yeah, I think the, the Redskins were, were tearing it up. And the Redskins... But, I mean, the Cowboys still did... They did come alive for five games. They they did. We can't deny them that. You're right. We, we can't deny that the, the Dallas Cowboys have played great ball. Speaking, uh, especially Amari Cooper. Uh, Zeke has still come out hot. I mean... Really, really good. Now, other running backs that have come out hot, um, we got to see guys like uh, uh, Derrick Henry, which I just love. So Derrick Henry's great. <laughs> you know? So, um, now, we had a uh, a couple of records get broken this week as well. Bradley Chubb. We were talking about him uh, as a draft prospect for a little while there. Oh, the guy that the that the Browns would have taken. Yeah, but well, I, I'm, but you know what? I still stand by. Even though he's breaking a sack record, I I, I can't crap on uh, Browns too much because their defense has improved. Yes. So I, I I can't say too much. I mean, it was kind of at this point. Even though we were wrong on the cornerback they took, 
I think you're talking apples and apples for the most part. But but Chubb breaks the 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 rookie sack record. Big sack record that was um previously by Von Miller. Von Miller. Yep. So on his on his own team. On his own teammate. I so, like that. Is Bradley Chubb better than Von Miller? No. <laughs> I don't know. I mean it's a, at this point it's kind of debatable. He breaks a, the rookie sack record um previously held by Von Miller. Kind of an exciting time. Bradley Chubb, we were saying that that they were dumb for passing on Chubb. And he comes out and proves it. I, I agree. Um, I think he should like, you know what, you're going to pass on me, I'm going to go out and do my thing. And he, and he did exactly that. Mm, yep. Other records getting broken. Tom Brady surpasses uh, Peyton Manning there. Now, this is in, this is in passing touchdowns, including mm-hmm. playoffs. Yes. Tom, uh, Peyton Manning still has the uh, regular season touchdown record, which... If Brady, depending on how long Brady plays, Brady will pass that. Oh, yeah. Breeze also is right up there doing the same thing. Yep. And Brady and, we, we talked about this about, probably about a month ago, and Brady and Breeze are doing, they have this, they're basically right here, but I expect Breeze to kind of do this because Brady's had four extra years, mm-hmm. but Breeze is more the gunslinger. Yep. Uh, Breeze has um, this year and next year on his contract. So he's finishing out this year, and then he's got next year, and that's the last year of his deal. Um, and then, and then we get to talk a little bit about, um, whether or not Drew Brees is the greatest quarterback of all time, well, possibly. He's in that equation. I, I, I think, uh, the problem is as much as I don't want to give him the credit for it, I, I think, um, the five Super Bowls is, is hard to argue against. No, I don't believe it is because Tom Brady has cheated on so many different occasions. Bill Belichick has cheated on so many occasions. Brady and Belichick, both of them. <laughs> You know, there should be every for every Super Bowl and every record that Tom Brady breaks. I feel like there should be an asterisk next to his name that just says three to def- five for sure. That just Deflategate, Spygate, everything. Two, he gets credit. For Tuck him. rule. I mean, really. But, but um, that's our last. Is that really our last minute in there? That is our last. Um, but uh, okay, but so before we go into predictions here, I I, I want to throw when we had Miami Miracle, we kind of talked about that already. Yeah, we talked about it already. But uh, um. Last thing here, so with next year being the last year in Breeze's new contract, mm-hmm. does he retire for next season, or does he get an extension? I think he retires a Saint. No, I think he retires a Saint. I'm going to say that I believe that the way he's playing right now, he will get a one-year extension and play through 2020. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. For the 2020-21 season? Um, yes. I don't know that he will. I don't know. And and I think he's playing too good right now. He's going to go to next season, and he's going to give it one more year after that. The reason I don't think he will is because they have a young man that's sitting in that locker room right now that clearly they believe in, in Teddy Bridgewater. But and, is Bridgewater the guy? And that's the question. But but they believe in Teddy Bridgewater. And you can tell they believe in Teddy Bridgewater. But, if you're, but, but no matter how much you believe in Teddy Bridgewater... If Drew Brees comes to your office and says, hey, I know we signed a two-year deal, but I think I want one more year. Yeah, but I don't think he's going to do that. I think he will. Nah, I, I think I think Brees is done. I think he, he plays this year, he finishes out, he plays next year, finishes out, and then I think Drew Brees hangs it up. And that's very well possible. I'm, I'm going to throw this bold prediction that, that he um, adds one more year. God, I hope not. Because I, I hate I'm Drew sure Brees. you don't. Because but... I hate Drew Brees. I hate the New Orleans Saints organization as a whole. <laughs> but I guess that's neither here nor there. Um, and so with that, that's our news around the league. And Tyler, it is time, time to, uh, uh, I guess, 
for me to forge ahead and try and make this comeback a complete comeback. Well, you're doing a very good job. I've gotten a little greedy here, and just some because it was it was it last week or the week before when I when I decided to take some random changes just, just to kind of just make things interesting. Well, like, I should I shouldn't have gotten greedy. You you got a little greedy, but I, I mean I took some some interesting selections, and um, they wound up paying off for me. I took some some picks that that uh, no neither of us really thought were going to be uh, worth a damn. Um, I did, I believe, take the Giants over the Redskins, and um, there there were there were a few that you you had taken. Oh, last week alone, I can give you the ones that you, that you picked. Um, I took the I took the Falcons over the Packers. I think that was more of a fault on my end. Mm-hmm. Um, you took the Jets over the Bills. I think we both just kind of like you know what we'll pick one. <laughs> um. I took the Niners over the Broncos, which was kind of a I, I, I shouldn't have done, but I did. What it. last week? Yeah, yeah, you took the Niners. That's a good thing. No, oh, yeah, no, that, yeah, that that helped me. That helped me. My, my bad. You're right. Um, and then I took the Cardinals over the Lions. Like I got a little uh, greedy on uh, the Lions' downfall, but they're really on more of an up, upswing. Did we both take the Cowboys out last week? Yes. Okay. And oh, I, I took I took your boys. And yeah, you, you did t- not. No, I took the Seahawks last week. Yep. And and that necessarily wasn't wasn't necessarily a bad pick, honestly. Um, I I didn't think that that was a, a, a necessarily a bad selection. I mean, it could have gone either way, and and it went the wrong way for you. So, um, but uh, here we are in week fifteen. Tyler, are you prepared? I guess so. Are you prepared, Tyler, for me to complete the comeback? I hope you don't. <laughs> Well, uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, here are predictions for Week 15 in the NFL. Starting off tomorrow night, Chargers and Chiefs. Uh, I am going to go. Probably the best Thursday night game we've had this season. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. Oh uh, well, no, no, Thursday night we we did have the, the Chief Ram fiasco, didn't we? No, that was uh, Monday night. Was, was that a Monday night? It was supposed to be in in Mexico, remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Chargers Chiefs. Um, I'm gonna stick with the uh, division champs here, and then I think we're gonna put a, some more separation there, and the Chiefs will win this game. I'm gonna take a shot in the dark, and I'm gonna go with the Chargers. Okay. Take it just as a random shot. Um, next up, we got the Texans and the Jets. I'm going with the Texans. Uh, they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna lose twice in a row here. Especially not. I'm to also the Jets. taking the Texans, not the Jets. Um, we got this. Will be a good one. The Browns and the Broncos. I'm gonna go ahead and take the Browns. Were you hoping this is going to be one you gain one on? Because I am not taking anybody with the Browns. The Browns are hot right now. I am taking the Browns. Wow. And uh, here's our toilet bowl of the week, the Cardinals and the Falcons. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to take the Falcons. I'm taking the Falcons, too. I do not trust the Cardinals. No, I don't think anybody does. Um, here's an, uh, a fun one. We got the Raiders and the Bengals. Um, I'm taking the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with the Raiders on this one. I don't think Jeff Driscoll is going to get the the Bengals where they need to go. Uh, we got the Dolphins and the Vikings. Um, this one actually is a, is a toughie. Uh, Dolphins are hot. Vikings are not. Vikings have a new O-line. New o- or O-coordinator, rather. But ultimately, you want to believe that Vikings are the better team. You want to. But we mean you both believe in momentum. Yeah. And momentum is a hell of a thing. Dolphins have it right now. I'm going Dolphins. Uh, I'm going Dolphins. I'm hoping your boys don't double whammy back to back weeks, but I'm taking the Vikings. Oh wow! Only, only because they're home. I'm going with the Dolphins because of the momentum. I I want the Vikings to win. 
but but uh, I'm I'll be rooting for him. But uh, right now, I'm not having a lot of faith in that offense. Um, the Dallas Cowboys take on lock 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 lock. I'm taking lock. <laughs> take on not, the Indianapolis Colts. Not not to crap on the Cowboys, because the Cowboys are having a phenomenal comeback, and the Colts are going to have a hard time taking on uh, that offense with Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper. Yep. But I think the Colts are hot right now, and I'm going to stick with that hot streak. I, you know, I, I'm going with the Cowboys. And I'm going with the Cowboys because I think Amari Cooper is going to have a field day against that Colts defense. Oh, he very well will. And uh, next up, we got the Bucks and the Ravens. I'm going with your Ravens on this one. <laughs> you really hate Lamar. You really do. I don't trust him. You just hate him. <laughs> I don't trust him. It's the best. But I'm going to go with trends here. Was every every couple weeks the Bucks get hot? The, the the Bucks the Bucks are fine, and then the quarterback that's been fine screws up and he gets benched. Right. Winston's been good for a couple weeks now. We're about due for that Winston we're, screw we're, up. We're due and, for some Fitz magic. And then third quarter, Fitz magic will come in and not and, and it'll be too late. But I'm gonna hit the Ravens here. I think the Bucks are overdue for a bad game here. I think the Ravens' defense, which is going to be better than really any defense that they faced all year, yep. is going to smother them. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think the Ravens take control. Um, Just, I don't... And, and I was on board thinking, like, oh, Ravens' defensive numbers are are, uh, are inflated because of the Titans game, the Bills game. But um, even though they couldn't and, – and really, a, a top-notch offense, you can only do so much. But to me, the, the Ravens' de- defense did as best as they could against the Chiefs and Saints' offense. Yep. So I'm, I'm going with the Ravens there. I think you are too. Um, next up, the Detroit football lie-downs, the Lions against the Bills. Uh, Buffalo Bills are looking... Here's my thing about this game. The Lions took on a Cardinals team that was bad and didn't put up many points. Now they're taking on a top-five defense. They're actually the number-one defense in the league right now. In terms of yards, yes. <laughs> Not in terms of points. Yeah, but they're the number one defense in the league. Do you take the Buffalo Bills against a struggling Lions team? I know what you want. I'm going with the Bills. I'm going to take the underdog. I'm going with the Bills. I, that's kind of where I was leaning to. I'm taking the Bills as well. <laughs> This one, uh, this one will actually be fun. A revitalized Green Bay Packers team against the, I guess, ailing Chicago Bears. They had a rough time against a very iffy defense. Bears back in track. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with the Bears on it. Um, this one will be a toilet bowl as well. The Redskins and the Jags. Do I have to pick? I know. I'm going with the Jags. I think it's high. <laughs> Please, no. 0-0 zero, zero after 70 minutes. Oh, God. I'm going to take the Jaguars here. I think Redskins have too much more of a quarterback issue than yep. the uh, Jaguars do. The Jaguars will win this football game. Yep. And uh, next up, we got the tale of two running backs. The Titans take on the Giants. Uh, Derrick Henry, big game. Saquon Barkley, big game. Now they're going against each other. And Sunday at 1 o'clock. Oh, it's kind of a toughie because neither team has been, like, really terrific. And the Titans are in right in the mix for a playoff spot right now. Yeah. I, right in the middle of it. They're in the midst of a playoff spot against a red-hot New York Giants team. I'm going Giants. 
I'm going Giants as well. I think Saquon comes out hot. Um, I like that that uh, game right there. Next up, we got the Seahawks and the Niners. That one's kind of a blow-off. I'm going Seahawks. Just to, just to <coughs> here, wouldn't, wouldn't it be awkward? Like, we, we talked about a few weeks ago about like, there's that one game. I can't remember who the biggest face, but they had two teams put up 500 yards of passing. Yep. Imagine uh, Saquon and Henry. I mean, Henry's stats don't say he's going to do it because he's only done it once all season. Right. But imagine two running backs putting up 250. I would laugh so hard if they blew out. They blew that off on each other. Um, so this game, I'm, I'm taking Seahawks. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, next one, kind of a toughie here. The Patriots and the Steelers. Two good offenses, two rough defenses. Um, I'm going Patriots on this one. Me too. Yeah. I think Steelers have... Uh, they're kind of trying to refigure things out. It's weird right now. They're, they're floundering their way into the playoffs. Um, next, Plus, I think Patriots are pissed. Right. Uh, next up, we got Rams and Eagles. I'm going to go Rams back on track. I'm, I'm nervous, but I'm going Rams back on track. Rams by 14. Wow. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Rams by 17. You got, you got Foles in, not not, uh, not Wentz. Rams are going to demolish that. Yeah, we'll see what happens there. And last but not least, the floundering uh, Carolina Panthers versus the New Orleans Saints. I'm going with the Saints on Monday night. Both these games... For the Panthers and the Eagles are must-win games to keep themselves in the mix here. Must-win games against great teams. Yes. <laughs> and, 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 and I'm picking the great team in both sides of this. I'm picking the Saints. Yeah, I'm, I'm picking the great teams. Uh, do I think the, the Rams are a Super Bowl team? No, but I think they're going to dominate uh, a Philadelphia Eagles team. I think uh, Jared Goff's probably pissed going into this week. And the Saints, obviously, are just going to keep the good times rolling. They have a hard time with the Panthers every now and then. But I think the Saints are just going to go ham on the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers are just struggling. And uh, Riverboat Ron is saying that the Panthers, he, he still believes his team is a playoff team. I think they're crazy. Um, um, for Panthers, I think that they have a long way to go. There's still a lot in the mix. But with Eagles not having their quarterback, yep. Lions and Packers fighting from behind here, I mean, Panthers are still right there. If, if they can get themselves back to a red-hot state, I see his perspective. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot going on. And I'm gonna, what, what I want to point out before we go off the air here, we, we mentioned uh, tomorrow night being the Chargers-Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. And we just list everything else. I will point out, this is the first week that uh, I'm okay with it. Mostly, I mean, getting no college football, but the, um, starting week 15, from 15, 16, 17, I believe, you have two Saturday games. Yep. Um, Texans Jets, um, 4.30, and uh, Browns Broncos are at 8.20. Yep. So two Saturday games, I enjoy it because it, it adds more, foot, more for football and some time we don't got college games going on. Yeah, and, and I don't, you know, to be honest with you, I'm not a big college guy anyway. I like watching uh, a lot of the seniors that are going to be coming out in the draft and kind of studying tape of them, but, I mean, I'm not a big college guy, so to see some NFL going on on a Saturday, I enjoy it. And, and frankly, I don't really want to watch a lot of the useless, pointless bowl games anyway. Most you know, of them don't matter. Yeah. No, who, who cares heck, about the Tampax Bowl? A lot of the players in the Michigan, including a lot of the top 10 key teams that are in normal bowl games, yeah. they're not starting. The, uh, there are a lot of people who are saying, nah, I'm not playing. The Depends Toilet Bowl and the the uh, Kotex Cup Bowl and, you know, all that good stuff. Exactly. Yeah, nobody cares. But we got two games on Saturday, so stay tuned for those. Yeah. And uh, with that, Tyler, we have uh, we have hit our uh, our end here. Hit our end. Hopefully we both have some good news to bring for our teams next week. Yes. Um, so uh, before we get off the air here, just want to shout out to our sponsors. Uh, 
Edit Your Time Massage. Amanda is a tremendous massage therapist. You've been hearing her commercials all throughout the show. She is a killer massage therapist. She does a great job. Um, my hope is that people will go out to IYTMassage.com, book for uh, a massage. Also, um, she does have gift certificates available right now. Does she really? Buy two, get one. They're pretty awesome. Um, very reasonable price. Buy two, get one. Um, so they are awesome. She she uh, loves taking care of her clients, man. Takes good care of her people. Come through. For sure. So and uh, You've gotten a massage from her before. I have. It, yeah. it, was, it was great. Yeah. And one last shout out to our uh, new uh, producer, uh, CJ Davenport. <laughs> <laughs> um, yep. you, got, you busted out three episodes this week, and um, I'm hope, hopefully you can get this one out here pretty quick. Uh, it's uh, keep these moving, and because uh, I, I really want to see um, you guys be able to listen to these before we hit the, the big big bulk of the of the game. So yeah, and to you, it's Mr. Davenport. Nah, yeah, it's Mr. Davenport. Nah. That's that's what it is. So yeah, we we got these out there, um, and and I'm pretty happy about it. We're gonna see some change ups in in our uh, in our uh, style here, and uh, and then also new podcast coming up soon. Um, you know, Scotty Skullcast. It's going to be coming up here pretty soon. Oh, lovely. Yep, so uh, we're going to be doing a little after hours uh, for all you Vikings fans out there, all you listeners that are big Vikings fans. Like me, um, we can uh, talk about everything Vikings and everything that's kind of going on um, with our team, draft stuff, all that good stuff. So uh, Scotty Skullcast will become a thing um, in the near future, so I hope you're all excited for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, Tyler, we're, we're, we're good to go. It's it's we're nearing Episode the, 22. Episode 22. We're entering the end of the season here. We're, we're entering week 15 here and uh, getting your playoff time. It's going to be an exciting time. But come uh, post-week 17, you can see two very upset hosts at the same time. Yes, <laughs> yes. You'll see two very upset hosts. You're going to see a lot of a lot of ridiculousness going on here. Or you can see two very excited <coughs> or only one excited. This, and that's the thing is, is playoff season's here. It really is exciting. But this year in particular, there's so much going on. Nobody knows how this season's going to end. Yeah, it's it's kind of like, you know, waiting for the time bomb to blow up. And then you're like, what? Oh, God. is You know, it's like a jack-in-the-box. You know, what's going to pop out? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, it's like, that's, I feel like Elf twisting jack-in-the-box. I was, was going to go more nerd route and say, uh, Thanos has snapped his fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Who's left? Who's left? <laughs> you know, I, do, I got rid of three quarters. No, but... um. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, um, and uh, we'll be right back uh, here next week. Same time, same place, rocking and rolling. Less crunching, hopefully. More, Maybe more chewy cookies. <laughs> um, less tortilla soup. Um, and uh, But yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com. <laughs>